I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? 2017. Okay, I'm making sure. I didn't want to say anything, because you're always saying 2016. To you're always saying 2016. <laughs> it's 2017. Fam. It's only February. I know. Like, give me a minute to I learn. I have to watch to make sure, like, have we practiced since the last time I've seen you? Okay, you're doing good. I'm proud of you. Exactly. I'm proud of you. So y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. You mm-hmm. don't mind me using my cuss words, do you? <laughs> I'm fine with it. Thank you. <laughs> She's like, you ain't even heard it's me yet. She's so polite. She's like, I'm fine with it. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so you guys hear her voice, Lisa Bolakaja. Yeah. AKA. Yeah. Sweet Nerdist. Mm-hmm. AKA. Sophista Ratchet. Sophista Ratchet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> black Gidget of Okay. Uh, the Black Gidget of Mission Beach. <laughs> your, your favorite afro indigenous exactly, auntie. Exactly. Yes. That's here. Girl? I'm good. We haven't seen each other in a couple of weeks. So we, yeah. gotta, we got the stuff because February is Oscar month. Black we'll, History we'll Month. We'll get into it. It's everything. Mm-hmm. It's the month of dreams and heartbreak and, <laughs> and pain and the suffering I go through when I watch the Oscars and get my feelings hurt. Exactly. <laughs> also in the baby rider's seat, we got my man Patrick Pierre sitting in again. What's up, Patrick? What's up, y'all? What's up? <laughs> I went with him the other day to, uh, uh, you know, Reno Wilson yeah. from um, Mike and Molly and on right. fucking 900 right. other shows. Right. <laughs> we went to a uh, spinning class with his wife. They were in there getting it in, too. They were all to the beat. Fucking rap music playing with the videos going. It's like they the were dude, to the you guys beat. The teachers like the dude. I always see these videos where they're always getting when they they do the dance. Yeah, on the they're on yeah. the on the. What's tell them about the class? Go ahead, let's pitch them. Oh, it's basically it's a yoga class, and they also do spinning. Mm-hmm. And we just um, the video spins is what I enjoy the most. And it's basically every Friday night at six fifteen, we just get on the bike, spin, and watch music videos. And you know the. Uh, Reno's wife, uh, Coco, mm-hmm. is the one who's in charge of it. And she does an amazing job. Yellow Can you tell me what the studio is? You know about her? Come out there. Oh, yeah. It's called uh, Pigeon Cycling. And it's in um, L.A. I forgot which city. It's off Cypress Avenue. It's like by Glendale or something. <laughs> see, no, no. He tried to be all vague because he don't want everybody coming there and taking over all the good bicycles. I see what you're doing over there. You want to keep his spot. All right. He's like, oh, it's, I don't know the street, but it's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, see, I see what you're doing. You're not exactly. slick. But it, it was hella it cool. Slick. So we shout out to you, Reno. We're going to have Reno on the show. Too. Okay. He's going to come. Um, so if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. Mm-hmm. So you want to introduce Nancy yes, for us? Yes, I'm excited. So sure. we have, like, I, this is one of those months why I love Twitter. Because if it wasn't for Twitter, it probably would have taken me a couple extra months to find this book oh, yeah, and to sure. find Nancy. Mm-hmm. So we have Nancy Wang Yun. Hi, Nancy. Hi. And let me explain how I found Nancy. I was on Twitter because, you know, I'm trolling. a Twitter fiend. I was not trolling. <laughs> I don't troll. I clap back occasionally. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
do smackdowns every now and then, but I'm pretty I'm pretty mellow, you know. So I'm trying to remember mellow, who was yeah, tweeting yeah. it. I don't know if it was Sean from um, No Totally, hey Sean, or if it was uh, one of my homies from Black Girl Nerds. But I saw a tweet about Nancy's book that had just come out a couple of months ago. Okay. It's real inequality, and that's real as in movie real, R-E-E-L, um, Hollywood Actors and Racism. And I saw that, and I just tweeted back, I want this book. Mm. You now, didn't read it yet. No, mind you, I didn't read yeah. it. Like, I just yeah. thought, wow, someone has done some academic work on race. Because, you know, we talk about this mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, here's somebody who has given us receipts. <laughs> Facts, bitch. Nancy's Not like 15 facts. years of facts. like academic research, yes. Yes. and she's like, bitches, here's some receipts. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Quote, like, quoting the book there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, you would have had me on the blurb on the back. That's what I would have exactly. said. Bitches, here's some receipts. Exactly. <laughs> and so, basically, all I said was, God, I want this book. So, mm-hmm. immediately, I was like, well, let me see where I can figure out because I just saw that it just came out, and I wasn't sure was it out yet or was it about to come out. Mm-hmm. And literally, I think within like 20 minutes, Nancy hit me back up and said, oh, here's a link to the book and here's a code for 30% off and oh, you get good. free shipping from Rutgers. Okay. Do you know like an hour after that, I had pressed the button on there and two days later, the book showed up <laughs> two days later, and okay. I'm like, and I read the book, yeah. loved it. And yeah. I was like, let me just wait a couple of weeks and then ask him. I got it on Kindle. But I love yeah. It. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, I should, I should, they want, cause you know, you don't want to be one of those Twitter stalkers where somebody says, I love your stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they, you say, oh great, here's this. And the next thing you know, they're like all in your mentions. Kind of <laughs> weird, kind of like, yeah, kind of sketchy. So I thought, let me just wait and be it's like dating. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like Tinder for books. <laughs> I'm swiping. I'm like, oh, I like that book. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let me just wait and see if she, cause I was trying to figure out if you were located here in LA. Cause you know, a lot of academics, they'll write or work. And sometimes academics, they'll work. Um, maybe for a semester in one state, but they live someplace else. Because, sure. you know, a lot of people who are professors, mm-hmm. you know, it's that academic They're professors line. at more than one yeah, place, too. they teach different sure. places. So sure. I wasn't sure she was here. So my first <clears throat> intent was, well, whenever you're in L.A., would you be interested? But she was, like, nearby. She's like, uh, I live around the and corner. And so I invited her to come in. <laughs> I invited her to come in because, one, the book is brand new. It mm-hmm. just came out. When did it come out? Like uh, December December, yeah, like literally like two months ago. Mm-hmm. And um, read the book. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is even though it's academic and it's giving you stuff, it's not that dry academic stuff because <laughs> you know I'm always reading books on film film theory especially feminist film theory and mm-hmm. criticism and it's like a lot of those writers they just I realize they don't get out much <laughs> <laughs> or they get out and everybody thinks and talks just like them yes. and it's like they write stuff where it's like where you can get the tidbits like if you could just smooth it out like have somebody have a hype man come in and like help sell that to you well it but, helps that she interviewed yeah, you know right. the, the actors in right, particular right. Yeah, definitely. so it's like a lot of research material and and it's like stuff that literally, if someone ever opens their mouth again mm-hmm. and says that actors of color <laughs> don't sell or actors of people don't want to see actors of color, you give them Nancy's book mm-hmm. and tell them to shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Here are some receipts. What's your excuse now? Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that you accepted our invitation because I was like, whenever you can come in, whatever your schedule is, we have to talk about this book. Because number one, because it is February. Mm-hmm. And we are in those couple of months where we get into the award season. You know, we've already had like the Golden Globes. Sure. Um, did Film Independent already have theirs? I think it's coming up. No, it's usually, uh, I think, a, a day before the Oscars. Okay, yeah. So, uh-huh. Well, that's right. It is because they have it out in Santa Monica Beer somewhere. And um, hey, Film Independent, my folks. Um, yeah, so it's like, it's very timely. Mm-hmm. And I think this book is even more timely because it's so current. Like, literally, the information that's in here, I feel like, Nancy, like, literally, you wrote the, the book. The timing is everything. And it was yeah. like, and here you go. And it's like, everything that's happening now that's been talked about for the last uh, two to three years, it's in this book. Mm. 
and she's even got some of my peoples, my favorite peoples listed in the book. And I'm like, she's some of your some, yes, in there. <laughs> some of the homies. So and it's timely because because of the campaign with April Rain. Hey, April, um, who created the Oscar So White hashtag that went viral and basically put Hollywood on notice. Mm-hmm. And just said, what's this bullshit y'all doing? <laughs> you know, there's so many talent actors of color out mm-hmm. there. And yet, you know, for two years in a row, mm-hmm. the major, just, just, just alone, just the act. We're not even talking about the other categories mm-hmm. in film. Just the actors categories, mm-hmm. which is all white people. You're going to tell me there was no other people <laughs> of color better than this. As you see, Nancy, you got to jump in sometimes. Okay. So, anyway, <laughs> so let me just give you Nancy's background biography and we'll let her get into it. Because I think it's important you need to know that uh, who you're dealing with. This ain't no lightweight. Okay. All right. So Nancy Wang Yoon is a scholar of race and ethnicity in film, television, and new media. She earned her bachelor's degree in English, creative writing, yay writers, from <laughs> UCLA. She's an associate professor of sociology at Biola University. Um, she always helps, um, enjoys helping her students view media through a critical lens. She teaches classes on research methods, race, gender, and popular culture, Asian American studies, and visual sociology. And so she pioneered the very first policy report on Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders and primetime television, which is so important, Mm -hmm. in collaboration with the Asian Americans Advancing Justice, okay? And um, she just got so much, I mean, she's putting in some work. Mm -hmm. And um, especially when she started mentioning some of my favorite actors that never get their due, like when she mentioned Anna Mae Wong, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, oh my God. And I was thinking of Tashira Mifune, you know, other (laughs) actors of Asian actors who've Mm -hmm. come to Hollywood, you know, done Hollywood stuff. And it made me think like, yeah, this Mm -hmm. is what we've been talking about too. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that people need to understand that in Hollywood and actors, it's not just black actors. There are other actors too, who in our percentage in our country who need to be seen too. Let me me just tell you, Nancy, Lisa and her group on Twitter, and it's thousands of them. They they have like these little hashtags they do like Asian Bays and stuff like that where they Asian go in. Bay Watch Asian Bay Watch yes. that's it. where they go in about like here's the hot Asian male Look, it's actor Asian, whatever and it's it Bay is. as in B A E B A E Asian Bay Watch <laughs> I found that I yes. found that and I, con- I contributed my K drama folks uh, in exactly. there because people are always saying there's no Asian actors who are you gonna find out? and it's like we gave them like time, like there's no excuse mm-hmm. so welcome Nancy yes thank you for Let's having me let's get into this book so first question I had thousands of them it's like dang I left my notebook. But I have this. First of all, can you explain to people what it is that you do? What it, when we talk about someone who's like media research, who deals with media, what exactly does that mean? So, so then the people in the audience kind of get an idea of like the context of what this book is trying to do. Okay, so I'm trained as a sociologist, but like you said, um, I also was a creative writing person. So I think I was melding the humanities and social sciences. So wanting to write something that is. Um, you know, fun to read. Mm-hmm. So um, for the general audience, but also bringing in the statistics, right? That's mm-hmm. that. That's the like, facts, bitch. That's right. the, facts. <laughs> the facts. The facts, not alternative. The real right. facts, right? The real facts. The real deal. <laughs> the real facts right. that are based on you know actually media analysis and content analysis, right? Mm-hmm. So so looking at so there's research that's been looking at you know who's who's starring in what mm-hmm. and what their race and gender breakdown is, right? right. Mm-hmm. So then um, so then you know so that's literally you can verify that by just looking, and I think it it it's it resonates with what most people are seeing right Mm -hmm. so it's like well of course but seeing the actual percentages it's like it's like proof you bring it to people it's like it's really bad you thought it was bad yeah you don't Mm -hmm. see a lot of people but it's worse than you thought right Right. and so i'm bringing that and i'm marrying that with also um it's also social science where i interviewed actors Mm -hmm. as well as people behind the scenes so so talent agents writers um and just really trying to get their stories because i think stories are very compelling it's not just um okay so you have the statistics that people are color are underrepresented but um 
but then like what are they they experiencing in the day to day you right. know in terms of their jobs and right. it's and that's I think what people don't understand right mm-hmm. and also what they do to kind of try to um, negotiate that and a lot of them are like activists behind the scene oh, even yeah. though they're not responsible for mm-hmm. the roles right they have very little power so mm-hmm. that's kind of also what I want to tell people that right. you know because it's like people want to blame actors you know but they're they're yeah, like why did you do that why role did you cry? Right. Like, bitch I'm trying to get a job <laughs> right. there was yeah. no other job for me <laughs> and and a lot of them have the have this mentality that well if I do this now then I'll get a better role exactly. later right? right that may or may not happen right. yeah. but yeah. but it's it's not like anybody wants to say I want to play a you know a racist like well, stereotype I mean, I mean Morgan Freeman's movie that took him over was that pimp movie that at least got him into your smart you know please I mean? fast black you know what i mean that's Who, a classic totally. he <laughs> need to go back and do more roles like that he need to stop playing god stop playing and god, just, god bring me some more of those pimp roles i am not mad he's done the gamut he's been everybody's grandfather True. the voice of god yes. bring back the pimpness exactly and the, and the driving miss daisy yes, yes. he's done it all like bring it back <laughs> But I, I like the fact that you got field work. Like I said, you've got like the stats, but you also have the field work in terms of talking to actual working actors, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating because we always, I think a lot of times when people think of actors, they think that, you know, they have their little job and they make a whole bunch of money and they're just acting. But oh, yeah. they don't realize a lot of times actors, not only do they have day jobs, you know, the hustle, mm-hmm. unless you're like, you know, a working actor that's consistently getting parts. Yeah, as a unless you're on a, series, on a series or a lead in a movie, yeah, you're not making it. You know, money. it's either feast yes. or famine. Like, Correct. it's the hustle muscle is really mm-hmm. strong. And what's really disheartening is the fact that so many people of color, um, even though acting is hard for everybody mm-hmm. from jump, mm-hmm. but the opportunities for people of color are so far and few between. And the arguments that I always hear, and you address them in the book, Nancy, is either one, they're not as talented, so therefore by merit, they're not matriculating in. Correct. Or, you know, number two, they're just not, you know, they're not out there. We don't have, we can't find them. You know, we don't know. Correct. So we'd rather just have somebody white pretend to be them. We'll have mm-hmm. Emma Stone, you know, do Aloha <laughs> and be Hapa and nobody will notice and won't say anything. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, no, we saw, you know, mm-hmm. ah, you know, we'll put, Scar- we'll put ScarJo and mm-hmm. she'll, you know, we'll, it's a Japanese thing. But you know what? It's a robot. So, and I love this quote you said in the book. I have to laugh when I saw it. Um, Oh, where is it? So many great quotes in here. It's the one where you said that, you know, it's ridiculous when you will see more white aliens <laughs> from off planets True. than you see people of color True. in movies and TV shows. Wow. And I was like, Damn. Nancy's bringing the clap back like she's yes. bringing this word and I was like laughing like that is so true. I should not be laughing, but it's true, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so you have all you get all this information you put this book, because wasn't this part of your thesis? I'm trying to think when you were first going out. Because yes. it's like a body of work for over, I want it's like 15 years? Uh, since 2000. So, okay. yeah. So, Did it was definitely. That long? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. I had research, all the field yeah. work, and you got to. No, 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 no. Yeah. It was at least, uh, well, initially, the, the bulk of it was like three years of interviews, and then I added more, mm-hmm. you know, recently mm-hmm. to kind of, um, as I was rewriting it and making it, making it, because the dissertation, you know, yeah, sure, for, sure. For, for the degree is totally boring, just mm-hmm. like you said, academics. Mm-hmm. But so when I started writing it, I really wanted to to, t- to bring out the story, so then mm-hmm. I did a few more interviews, right. as well as writing the, the the more statistical and kind of background chapters mm-hmm. to can, really can fill it out. Can I ask you a quick question? Just in, keep your thought, though. Just no, in regard ahead. to the research, was it difficult for you to get a hold of some of these actors? 
Well, these are middle class actors, mm-hmm. so um, so I didn't interview like I mean they were maybe some of them were were close to A or close to maybe B list, mm-hmm. but um, but by no. the time they came out, they made it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. There was one white actress that I think got an Emmy. Um, of course, the white actress, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I think she's passed away since then. Actually, right, so yeah, it's right. been a long time. Right, right. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't hard at all. In fact, some of, a lot of the actors of color I think were excited because no one is hearing their mm-hmm. stories, right? Especially the, the you know these are the middle class actors that um, are they call themselves journeymen mm-hmm. actors, right. and so these are actors that you know they they understand that it's very difficult to become a list, but they keep working because they love the craft. Mm-hmm. And and for actors of color, um, it's it was just what I noticed was that it was just so much harder for them to get roles than it was mm-hmm. for the white actors. So they are all journeymen actors, but the white actors, their IMDb like pages were long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And these are, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, these are like like <clears throat> average looking. Mm-hmm sometimes not even attractive white right, actors right. and they're getting more work than like these gorgeous yes, people of color right. yes. who um, who just can't, like there's just no roles written for them, right? right. And then right. they have to get their agents to send them out on like non, no, non-race specific and sometimes even roles calling for white actors because right. they just can't, there's that's just what, That's what the um, Idris did. Right. Mm-hmm. Idris was like, send me out for the white guys. Right. Like, and he finally even... came in and was killing them. They're like, we got to cast this dude. Yeah. And in the book, <laughs> I think one of the actors, uh, one of the actors that you interview, it said the same thing. It's like, I go in, you know, what, Clobine, they send mm-hmm. me in and, um, you know, I'll be the only black guy in there and like, you stand out like, yeah. and they're surprised like, oh, we're, we're, oh, we, we didn't expect a mm-hmm. black guy. Okay, come on, let's see what you get. And mm-hmm. you, wow, mm-hmm. you know, but I think what's most important, because this is one of the things coming from an historical background and me thinking globally, and, and y'all know me how I am, my intersectional feminism and how I get, <laughs> I get a little upset. Um, the idea that why it's important that we need to see representation, um, a wide range of representation of people of color, because you, you name in the book, I just want to quote in the book what you say, because this is something I say all the time. And people don't really understand the power of media. Like, some of us know it kind of instinctually, like, oh, yeah, center images you see. But when we talk about globally, because a lot of times people outside of the United States, their only impressions of either black people or Mexicans or Asian Americans is whatever they see that's been shipped over from abroad from us. Sure. And so a lot of the stuff that we get, either we're the sidekicks, we're the violent thugs, we're the gangsters, we're on drugs, we're like hookers, like the mm-hmm. worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. And people always say, well, well, all black people live in Chicago. All the people projects, live in Chicago we? on the projects <laughs> and shoot each other up. But it's the idea that those images that are transmitted, they um, not only do they send racism outside of the United States, but it sets up this really bad mindset. Well, I'll just read the quote in the book. When you said, in television, in, uh, in film and television worlds, only white lives matter, and the rest of us were either marginalized or demonized. Um, in college, where I learned that race is not biological but socially constructed, I also saw how Hollywood dramatized racial differences as natural and fixed, far from, natu- from neutral mass media institutions such as Hollywood. Um, far from neutral, mass media institutions such as Hollywood are major transmitters of racist ideologies. Mm-hmm. Now, this is key. Because when I'm watching foreign films or I go into chat rooms where people are talking about films and, you know, other critics and stuff, I'm shocked. And I shouldn't be shocked. Nothing should shock me anymore. Yeah, But I'm always still surprised where people have these concepts, especially when it comes to, like, black people and characters Mm -hmm. that their limited range, they believe that all black people are like what they see on TV and film. (laughs) So when they come across something's different, like, don't you all do all this stuff? And Mm -hmm. they're like, no. And it makes me furious because these racist things are coming through people who've never met black people. And when they do encounter black people, they're going to get punched Mm -hmm. because they don't realize, oh, that's not a real 
you know, mm-hmm. that's a made up thing that Hollywood has perpetuated. And mm-hmm. they've done that from, and you talk about in the book, Nancy, from the minstrel shows to them, you know, using blackface, them always having actors of color as um, maids, servants, mm-hmm. the really horrible character, you know, characters, mm-hmm. the Fu Manchu stuff, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, when people say, oh, well, you know, actors are just actors, it's a make-believe world, what they need to understand is that make-believe world has a huge impact on how people not only see us, but how they react and treat people mm-hmm. yes. of color. And I think that that is kind of missing from a lot of the, the, the dialogue that goes on about actors of color going in. Yeah, because I think they think people think it's just entertainment. Right. And in fact, research shows that what you talked about not having contact. In fact, when you don't have contact, you rely more on media, mm-hmm. right? Because that's the only visual and audio that you're getting because mm-hmm. you don't know anybody in real life. Right. You actually then, that is your image in your head that right. becomes that image. So right. that's really dangerous. Right. And, um, and also that, you know, research also shows that for young people who are watching that their Tons. self-esteem yes. actually goes down for, for kids right. of color right. and for, for, for girls their, their self-esteems go down the more hours mm-hmm. of television that they watch and I think in the I book you also that. mentioned how uh, how white children it's kind of the opposite where it's kind of like everything's affirmed because they're the center of the narrative. And even when they have bad guy characters or stuff, it doesn't really affect them because they have a wide range sure. of, of characters to mm-hmm. identify with. Mm-hmm. And usually they're the center of the universe, so their esteem is going to be higher. Like, mm-hmm. we're always the good guys and all that stuff. Whereas the rest of us, you know, if we see one of us doing something, <laughs> back in the days of watching regular TV when you didn't have control over what you watched, like whenever I, you know, and you probably had this too, when mm-hmm. you see a character is black or somebody come on and you start cringing, and you know I have my Filipino oh, yeah. relatives, and we'll watch oh, some yeah. shows. And anytime Asian characters came on, and they start using like either the broken English mm-hmm. or the kind of like really passive, like oh, you're, just the embarrassment, like mm-hmm. oh man, yeah. Really? And the actors when they're um, being asked to be more Asian, more Asian or more, more Latin or, yes. or more black, it's always be more stereotyped, right. speak the broken English, right. speak the accent, or, and, and you know we all speak with accents. I'm mm-hmm. speaking with you know probably Valley Girl accent or something <laughs> growing up in oh, yeah. Southern California, Southern Cali, yeah. <laughs> but but we don't think about that we mm-hmm. think of accent as you know as as a particular usually demeaning right like yes. foreign and i yes. and, you know and there are people that speak with accents accents because they're trying to learn english right mm-hmm. and they're they're coming from another country and why is that innately funny or or means that they're stupid right right but but that contributes i think to the anti-immigrant the right. xenophobic sure. um kind of climate that we're in right that when every time you see a quote-unquote foreigner or actually they're not foreign they're you know they're people who are immigrants and right. they're maybe they're even citizens right speaking funny right because mm-hmm. it's always in a funny context it just it just perpetuates those stereotypes in mm-hmm. society i was just thinking about how um i guess i must have been watching something the other day and they were interviewing somebody and he said i remember when I was a kid, and they would be like, um, and they would be like kids in the school. Oh, I know who it was. It was um, a different world. Jasmine Guy. Okay. Jasmine Guy did Unsung um, on TV One. They did an episode on her on Unsung Hollywood, and she was talking about how she moved from some part. I think she grew up in some part of outside of New York or something. Right. But her family is. Her mother's white, her dad's black, so she grew up kind of educated, whatever. And they moved to Atlanta, and he was a professor at Morehouse. Which which one's a black? The black men's college, Morehouse. 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 Mm-hmm. And they lived like across the street, so they still were educated. But when people would always hear them talk, they'd be like, "Say something," and she'd be like, uh, "Water." They'd be like, "Oh, like see how white she is? She a white girl. She blah blah blah." And I remember when we moved from Brooklyn 
to the Bay Area it was, and we moved to the to the hood, it was the same thing. They're like, oh, all these white, all these little white, black, white kids are coming and moving to town. You know, they think they're white. You know, so I remember that same feeling of it's not good to be speaking well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was a weird. You, did you experience that growing up at all? Oh, being told uh, I talked white. Yeah. When all I was doing was speaking just standard English. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're taught that because when you're yeah. watching TV, it's a negative. It's a negative because because yeah. your own dialect or your linguistics at home, which is re- is which is a legitimate form of speaking. Sure. You know, because it's looked down upon. Mm-hmm. You know. It makes you feel bad. And so when you spoke standard, and like I tell people all the time, I'm like trilingual. Okay. <laughs> I speak standard. Mm-hmm. I speak slang. And I speak ratchet when yes. I need to. You know? And it's like there's code level. Switch, it's, you know, it's called you code switch. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, and growing up, I always felt black language was like inferior. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the first time I read The Color Purple. Mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't get past the first because it was like, it was grammatically incorrect. I was like, oh God, it's, oh, I can't read this. This is like bad English. <laughs> and literally it took me like two years later after mm-hmm. I discovered Zora Neale Hurston. Okay. And I realized and I embraced that way we speak. When mm-hmm. I finally learned to appreciate the language from what my people come from, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to go back at 15 sure. and read Color Purple and fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. But I had to like decolonize my mind. Interesting. You know, decolonize that white narrative and that white standard as being the best and only way to speak. Because if yeah. you think about it, American standard English is not even real English compared to what England sure. speaks. Sure. Even the English folk got their levels of dialects right. and stuff. No one speaks correct English, mm-hmm. you know. And what infuriates me, especially with American <laughs> English, is a lot of our words and dialect come from black people anyway, you know. <laughs> so it's like when they're telling us, you're not speaking this, bitch, we can speak any kind of way we mm-hmm. want to because a lot of your vocabulary comes from, anyway, your slang that we all toss away. Slang. Like every two all years we get done yes. with the slang where we yes. toss away and they, they pick it and up and they start using and they it. We're like, like, bitch, we done. Woke and lit is dead, y'all. <laughs> we, we have moved on. That was so 2016. But now they're using these terms. You know, but you know, I, I, like you said, I got that kind of thing, and I'm sure other people I know with um, some of my Asian friends who who are writers or who go to like conferences or cosplay and do stuff where we're hanging out, chilling. Mind you, they're Americans hanging out, chilling. People will still come up and be like, "Oh, your English is so good. <laughs> it should be, bitch. I live in Riverside." Okay. Have you, have you, <laughs> you know? Nancy, have you experienced that? You know? People are just amazed that you have this Valley Girl accent. Yeah, do they like? Know. Can you still speak Korean? <laughs> can, you speak, can you speak whatever? You know, do you know you're not, and then they'll, they'll come up to you and make assume that you're either always Chinese, as if there's no other groups of people, mm-hmm. or they'll always come up and do stuff like Konnichiwa. And I'm like, but she's Laotian. <laughs> I don't know where she would be speaking Konnichiwa. Exactly. You know? But it's those type of things. But you, like I said, it's perpetuated mm-hmm. by those media stereotypes that Hollywood puts out. You know, and a lot of actors have to like navigate that field. And I, I was so glad that you talked to actors who actually acknowledge that, that there are times where they got to be like, well, shit, I know this is a bad story, but let me see what I can add to it to like, you know, to humanize this particular role. Cause I still got to send my kids to school. Mm-hmm. I still got to eat. And, um, yeah, what, what were you finding was the common denominator between the interviews? What were you finding people were talking about the most? Yeah. Was there anything? I think that um, one thing that struck me was that actors of color kind of pay an emotional price mm-hmm. that white actors don't 
don't pay. Like there was actually like a white actor. It wasn't like he was stereotyped, but he played like the man in like black sitcoms, right. which is kind of a stereotype, right? Yeah. That's but, like old school Sanderson. <laughs> like yes. Smitty and him from Sanderson. Yes. So, and he said like he didn't have, he thought it was kind of funny, you know, mm-hmm. like the 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 kind of kind of the white clown, right? right, right. But he's like, oh yeah, it's just it's just funny, and I didn't think it was anything. Like right. he had no emotional problems with it right. because you know. Like, you could go play a million other things right, after that. Right. Whereas for actors color, like, every role they played, they were so conscious of it. Yes. And they were worried about how it was going to be uh, perceived by mm. not just, you know, their community, their mom. Right. But also, yeah, exported. Right. There were, a lot of actors were, ex- were totally right. aware that, oh, this is going to go out globally and this is what they're going to think. Right. So, so they had this extra racial burden, which... Um, I think is, you know, yeah. it's not fair, right? Because, yeah. it, again, it's hard to be an actor and for them to to be either or even if they're not as um, oh, they're aware, but even they, sometimes, sometimes they don't care. Right. Mm-hmm. But then the community will give them the clap back. Yes, right? right. And so which, again, um, I find that, well, when white actors play something racist, the actors actually don't get a lot of clap back. It's like usually the director. Right. Mm-hmm, so it's like, true. why is it that the actors of color are, are it's like they're the face of racism mm-hmm. right. or something that they're right. playing stereotypes. So mm-hmm. I think that there's like a double standard. Right. Um, like so. you had a choice in how you were going to play it. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like, the, right, you, you wrote that right. dialogue to right. be like yes. totally accented, right? Yes. Well, there's ways and, and skills that I know in the book that you talk about how some of them, how a lot of the actors get around uh, having to like make these type of director choices in terms mm-hmm. of stereotypes. How they'll use thing like, well, would that authentically happen at that time period? You know, yes. well, I'm a person who works here. I, I'm working in a shop or whatever. I don't think I'd be wearing a kimono <laughs> every day <laughs> if I'm busy doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm a cowboy. So I just thought it was really, like you said, it's extra burden on them. But they have to like navigate that space of how do I tell this director that this is some really racist shit they want me to do, <laughs> but I can't really do this because I need this paycheck and mm-hmm. this is an opportunity. How do I? smooth their feathers to get Mm -hmm. them to change certain things. And there's a lot of things that um, when people get the book, they can read how some of the actors... um deal with that how the, the tricks of the trade that they use well, to let's try tell, to let's navigate. tell for the people who are listening who haven't read the book like what are some of the well examples? there's the one there's the one actress oh god what is her name let's let Nancy talk okay go ahead <laughs> sorry I'm so excited okay let me shut up <laughs> I told you you gotta just jump in <laughs> I'm gonna do you're doing such a great job <laughs> it's like you know my book better than I do <laughs> be quiet so you've already given us some of the some of the big examples uh-huh. is so yeah so the rewriting the dialogue mm-hmm. so whether it's giving it standard English so there was the bank manager Right, the African American woman who was a bank manager, and she 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 looked at the dialogue, and it was you know it was all slang, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm yeah, a bank manager, bank right? Bank when you're a bank right. manager, I mean, you really can't can't talk like that. So mm-hmm. so she rewrote it, and you know, and they're doing it, hoping that the directors won't notice, right? right. That it'll just go in and mm-hmm. it'll just happen. But the director noticed, and she and she explained very calmly that you know I don't think a bank manager would speak this way, and he was still not happy. And then the star of that. Um, that show mm-hmm. came came by and it was like, what's going on? And she explained what was going on. And, and again, I think a lot of these actors, because they want to keep their jobs, they mm-hmm. don't come out and say, this is racist. They don't even use no, race. No, they don't use race at yeah, all. Yeah, they don't use any, they don't use anything that's going to, you know, raise any kind of cards, right? Right, right. So, so, but after she explained it, the, the star, who was a white female, was like, ah, too street. I get it. Mm-hmm. So she was able to name it. And, mm-hmm. and I think that if not in my book, I, I, I like to advocate that there needs to be allies who are more powerful yes. to come alongside yes. actors of color because a lot of times they can't, they're in a vulnerable position. They can't actually stand up for themselves because they're, they risk mm-hmm. losing their jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's up to, 
um, other people on set, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of, and hopefully, you know, really the people in, in charge mm-hmm. need to be aware. And also, if they're not aware, to actually um, talk to the actors of color who are playing those roles. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? You know, because, mm-hmm. it, you know, acting and art, I mean, film performance, it is kind of a, it should be kind of a negotiated it process. It should be, but, but, but I don't mean to interrupt you, but sometimes, you know, you get on the set, and especially in television, you guys, you know, you might come on for two days just as an example, and we bring you in, and we're ready to shoot, and we're like, so here's what you're going to do. And it's like, on this line, you go over there. She comes, we just block it, and we go. So the time frame of sitting down and is difficult sometimes. So I'm just trying to play devil's advocate right. for the directors or whoever is in the situation. How do you handle that? Like, how do you pull them aside when they're like, we're supposed to be shooting in five minutes. Well, <laughs> you know I think that's I mean? why that actress just rewrote it. I was yeah, just hoping, yeah, you know, okay. to do the work okay. for mm-hmm. that director. But you're right. So the problem is, is when um, people of color are represented as kind of the comic relief. Like sure. their only role is to come on for two days right. and to be that accented clown mm-hmm. and then walk off. Right. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, so if they challenge that, then then that kind of um, takes away from that that idea because it's it's actually very cheap to use stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't have mm-hmm. to explain anything because visually mm-hmm. and audio, like you're, you're, you've already people already expect that that that's funny, right? right? The very idea of an accented Asian right. or mm-hmm. um, or uh, an angry black woman, right? right? That these are these are tropes that that people expect. In Hollywood, so it's Hollywood needs to change its culture. Mm-hmm. It needs sure. to find something else that's funny, mm-hmm. right? But yes, that's that's hard because Hollywood is risk adverse, yeah, right? right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It wants to use what's worked before, <laughs> mm-hmm. and yes, and that's why audiences and also we need to diversify people behind the scenes. Exactly, you know, people who can write something that's, that's clever, the most important one. Yeah. right? Like you look at now films like like Hidden Figures, right? Mm-hmm. Things that were funny in there are not at the expense of people of Correct. color. Right. In fact, you're kind of like laughing at even like the ridiculous ridiculousness of the white people right. and and their and their racism of that time and i think that yeah we need we need people to change the and, script and even in that i thought it was really smart that the white people weren't playing overtly like we're racist it was more like what are we doing i don't understand it was more like a naive like this is how it's done, isn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they yeah. didn't know. Yeah, it was which is there, there were I more microaggressions as right. opposed being, to them being yeah. shown. Like, yeah. Right. Wasn't that overt? Like, what, what, I don't understand it's what the, the problem micro, is. Micro right. Well, there was a, there was a range of the macroaggressions, right. right. <laughs> like the obviously right. like right. segregated bathrooms, mm-hmm. and then also just the you know I'm not racist, right? And then and then right, and then she was like, <laughs> I'm glad you I, I'm glad you think that. Sure, you really. That was like that was like probably the best lie. Yeah. Because I was sitting, I was like, oh my gosh, that actually happened in life all the time still. So in the book, I want you to talk about the, the gatekeeping because like you said, mm-hmm. we get into the behind the scenes part. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that moment, like you know, because when you're an actor, you know, your agent sends you in, but there's like a whole process. Can you just kind of explain the gatekeeping and why it's so difficult for actors of color to get these parts? Because it's like they're going out, they're doing all the additions like everybody else. And when I hear my wh- white actor people or friends of mine are like, yeah, it's like, you know, I go out in these roles and I just don't see other people of color, it's just us. And it's like, I want you to break it down why that oh, is so... I've been there. I know okay. exactly what it is. Yes. Talk about mm-hmm. the gatekeeping. So um, so Hollywood's an art world, right? So there are so many kind of gates. There's actually multiple gates, mm-hmm. right? So... Oh, not only is there like, well, first of all, in terms of creation and green lighting, right? So the projects that even get out there, mm-hmm. um, people are not writing 
roles of color, right? And and a lot of times, even if they're set in diverse settings like New York City, um, because these <laughs> like the like people one. like people like um, <laughs> like like Nina Dunham, Nina Dunham and <laughs> and um, um, what's his name, uh, the guy with the glasses, New York, Woody Allen, Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the two of them are are kind of like you know, well, this is just my experience, <laughs> right? So, um, but it's not reality, right? No. And so, so they, but they like to say like, well, I write my experience, but then it's that kind of excuse is so, is so problematic because what you don't, you, sci-fi, you know, serial killers, you got to write your experience. You can't use your imagination. You can't use research. Right. Well, what about period pieces? Right. Right. So right. it's a, it's an excuse that actually doesn't hold water, but it's convenient. Mm-hmm. Right. So then they're not writing it. And then, you know, people who are studio heads, who are financiers, they're not greenlighting projects mm-hmm. because they believe wrongly yes. that such projects don't make money or they're high risk, right? Sure. Um, even though you have like, like Think Like a Man, you know, was, which made so much money compared to how much it actually was cost oh, to yeah. make. It was a hit. And yeah, and so, but people are like, oh, well, that's just that film. Like they're, mm-hmm. they don't want to think that it's a trend, right? Which is what they thought about all the Medea movies. Like, oh, well, that's just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bitch, 15 years later. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. So, so there's, there's a lot of myths that, that continue to kind of govern how people make decisions. So mm-hmm. that's at the top, right? Mm-hmm. But then you have people like you have the the talent agents, yes. right? Who are also like sorry, like one of the actors I talked to, he's he was he's black and he he went and you know tried to get an agent, and the guy's like, oh, I already have you know a black client. Uh, black, uh, black. <laughs> what, what, yes. what do you say? He had like forty six white actors. Yes, yes. but we have one black, yes. Correct. and that's enough for us. Yes. <laughs> I can tell you, I used to be an actor with that's a really big agent. <laughs> I used to be an actor with a really big agent, and I got to tell you that I was. There were two of us, and we kind of looked kind of similar. <laughs> and we went out for all different kind of ranges of people within our age range. You know, the two of us. And it's a trip how they do that. And there must have been, because I would come in every once in a while and sit over her decks. This is back when they had headshots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't have headshots anymore. Um, she would have all the actors up on the, on, the, on the roster. And it must have been like 45 other white dudes in their 20s or 30s. Who would have competed against me if it was a reverse? Right. Mm. Two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all, all sorts of age ranges, yeah, right? All yeah, all that's, yeah. I, yeah. The actors that I talked to, same but thing. But they can have 46 of them who look exactly in the same category. Mm-hmm. Right, so then, because so, a lot of the agents will say, well, it's because there's not enough roles, but then the whole like age range thing. So mm-hmm. they're not even keeping a roster of different age Correct. ranges. Because right. I think in their minds, we all look alike, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can play 45, can't you? Like, no, bitch. <laughs> 26. What are you talking about? <laughs> and then they say, like, you know, the whole what you said about um, there's not enough, right? So I was talking to an agent, and she's like, "Oh, we can never find Asian actors." And I said, wow. "Have you have you looked at um, East West players?" Yes. yes. And then she's like, "What's that?" Oh my god. You know what? <laughs> Give me her name. I'm going to her house it's right like now. The ACT of freaking Kindergarten. LA for God's sake. Yeah. yeah I mean, so it's in on. Los Angeles. Yes. It's not even like in another state okay. that you have to call the up another best state. Actors come out of there. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. So that's a great training. And that's been around since the 60s. Yeah. It's actually the largest pan-ethnic um, theater, like theater of color, like mm-hmm. that's been around for forever. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's of, of the entire country. So if, so if someone doesn't know about that, then they're not looking. That's right. Not even, not even at like the obvious. Exactly. Oh, not even, <laughs> look, 
<laughs> Google it, bitch. Or not even ask it. <laughs> or not even ask it. Does exactly. anybody know? Google something. Like, is yeah. there something? Right. There's yeah. an assumption. Well, there's right. the, again a right. myth that right. oh, there's not enough Asian actors, right. so therefore there's no point in looking. Right. You right. know. So so yeah. So that's and then you know you have Latino actors, mm-hmm. right? Where Latinos make up the majority of L.A. Right. You know, but there's not enough of them. But the research is that mm-hmm. like they're more in the craft services. You know, they're being hired for like you know the mm-hmm. bottom of the run Hollywood right. uh, mm-hmm. roles. Uh, roles, I right. guess. You know. Right. But they're not. They're not. They're not behind the scenes. They're not. You know. And they'll hire like international directors, mm-hmm. right? right? They won't hire here. So there's, there's definitely there's so many points of um, of contact where where actors of color just like any one of those would you know prevent them from succeeding. Mm-hmm. But all those put together, yeah. it's it's nearly impossible. And mm-hmm. then when they say we don't have enough quality, we're not. Well, you're not even giving them a chance to come in. Mm-hmm. You're not like they can't even get an agent, <laughs> you know. And then you know, and then you got the casting directors, right? And they're mm-hmm. not they're not willing to you know see people beyond like their groups because. And then there's not enough. If there's not enough was written. Um, then it's it's just multiple multiple layers of of barriers. Sure, I'm trying to break through there. I'm just even gender setting some roles out for women mm-hmm. who are going in there for like uh, men's roles. Like, well, does it have to be a guy? You know, does a doctor or the cop have to be a male? Mm-hmm. Like, does it have to be gender specific? And I know in the book you mentioned that for women of color. Uh, in particular, it's even more difficult to get any roles, especially the older that they get. Yes, you know, the ageism. They, they age out. Yeah, yeah, so when there's no roles written for you, and then you have ageism, which affects all women. Oh, yeah. So as women of color, you really have such... Because one Asian-American woman said that, yeah, you know, Asian-American men still work, you know, into their... When, when they get to in their 50s, 60s, they still mm-hmm. have roles. But Asian women, all of a sudden... <clears> because, again... If they're exoticized, yes. right? So then they have to be young to be exotic, right, or right. they become the madam, right? right the right, opium den madam, right? right? right. So, or yeah, but why can't they be the doctor? Because in reality, there are a lot of older Asian female doctors. Yes. Yes. I have <laughs> but, one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so it's not reflexive of reality, even, mm-hmm. right? So it's just the, it's just the white imagination is so right. limited, mm-hmm. and then they use these kind of um, financial. Say that, say, that, say that one more time. <laughs> yeah, no. The white imagination <laughs> is very limited. Thank you. <laughs> because there's the concept you talk about in the book where you talk about the, the whole thing with them saying they write what they know. Mm-hmm. You know, and then if they know only, well, I know my people and I can't really write. And then you make, you gave some great examples. You talked about, was it Danny Strong from Empire? Is it Dan, that's Danny Strong? What's Danny's mm-hmm. name? Is it Danny Strong? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, mm-hmm. Executive producer, creator of Empire, mm-hmm. who writes, you know, hip hop dialogue. It's white you know, dude. For, and yes. white guy, you know. <laughs> right. And then yeah. you also have the other uh, creator of How to Get Away with Murder, mm-hmm. who yeah. wrote for Viola. Peter, Peter you know, Nova. Thank you, you know. <laughs> and who are writing this fantastic role. Like, it's like, like Viola, I mean, Viola's been in business for a long time, but this mm-hmm. is like her first major like breakout right. role. Like yes. people can finally see the chops that she's been having for years that you have mm-hmm. wasted, Hollywood. Okay. You have wasted. Okay, hold on. We got to talk about something. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if you covered this in the book or not. Did you talk about salaries? Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. Because look, we were, I was watching the BET Awards or the NWCP Awards last night. And I was just thinking about how Anthony Anderson and Tracy Ellis Ross make $100,000 a week, an episode, as the actors on the show, hmm. as the stars of one of the top shows in the net. Okay, let's look at Mike and Molly. They There's were making no like six fifty a week. You know what I mean? It just doesn't yeah. yes. yeah. yeah, the disparity you know? between totally. television you know I mean? and film, too. Two and, right. and a half, we have the they're top. making 1.2. Yep. I'm like, come right. on. Right. $100,000 a week. Mm-hmm. You know, Viola makes three fifty. It's great, but it's not like... Right. 
I some of the other needs to be especially no, the other, not like making big, big Bang Theory where right. people are making they're millions. Making, yeah, they're making mm-hmm. a million. I'm like, and they don't on. even have even half the chops of some of these actors. Well, look, I ain't even look, gonna go there. Look, but, look, <laughs> I'm just saying. If you ain't gonna say it, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> but look, that's that's the reality. And I was telling my husband last night, who's a white man, and I was telling him, he was like, really? I was like, yeah, baby. He's like, that's all they make. I was yeah. like, now mind you, that's a ton. But it's not a ton in our industry. Not comparable to what, you know, no, at, their, at, their, at their level at their that they level. should be making. Correct. Well, one of the things that... that and that's prime time. Yeah. You mentioned, <laughs> and I, I want to make sure we... Because we say this all the time. It's one of those things that sticks in my craw when they talk about how when we make... Hollywood makes films... Mm-hmm. And they have films of color, how they are not marketable overseas. Correct. Oh, okay. We gotta get into that. And we jumped into this whole thing. And before we even started taping, mm-hmm. while we were sitting here chilling, waiting for you to come in with your slim, low ankle legs. <laughs> yeah, but do a slim gym. And your little, pro- <laughs> your little protein shake. Where the two of the films that came out, what I, was, I was telling Nancy earlier that I'm, I've decided not to go see The Great Wall. Oh, you were going to go. Because I'm an Andy Lau fan. Mm-hmm. Hi, Andy. I'm um, Zing's mom. I love the director. I love the director of the film. He's, he's totally listening. Know, you know, he's totally listening. And I, I had a friend that just texted me who got a chance to go see. I have to keep my secret friends who get to see the screenings and stuff. I to, can't mention no names. Mm-hmm. But they were like, they just texted me and just said, girl, Andy ain't in it as much as you would think, mm-hmm. as much as you want. Like, no, they know me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You want them to And start. so I'm like, and all the scenes. And I was like, I'm just going to make the decision. Because at first I was going to be like, I want to support this film because the, the director and the actors that I really like in it. But I decided I'm not going to. Mm. And it's the whole concept of having the white character be the face that the globe wants to see all the time. But the numbers don't back that up. Because you mentioned in the book, Fast and the Furious, mm-hmm. how much money that made. Yeah. You know, all these other yep. movies that have like really multi-ethnic casts mm-hmm. make bank. Paul Walker was second fiddle. He was like that. the only white guy. The only in the white entire guy thing. You, you know, know what I mean? It was Vin Diesel okay. movie. Okay. So can you talk about the excuse? Because I, I want them to be very clear about the excuse that executives use. I think you quote one of them in the book that made me furious. And I'm glad you didn't put his name in there. Because mm. I would have been like coming to his house. Like, <laughs> knock, you, knock, need, you need to come drive and take a ride with me. We need to talk outside. Can you just explain the excuses they give in terms of not thinking that people of color are marketable overseas because the whole global market especially with China being mm-hmm. the big global thing you know how can you have things like Iron Fist and not have a lead Asian guy how can you have the Great Wall and not have some great lead Asian actors mm-hmm. being the star right. yeah so I think that the Asian market is that I, I think Hollywood doesn't know how to tap that market mm-hmm. right it's confused and it thinks that Asia only wants to see white films coming out of Hollywood mm-hmm. right and that and that I think the, the Great Wall was supposed to be this kind of like hitting both markets right so then they thought well they believe Zhang Yimou <laughs> thought that Hollywood only wants to see white people and doesn't want to see Asians because then it's a foreign film, right? right? So then they put, you know, Matt Damon. So it's it's uh, it's just they're you know they're just throwing things hoping they'll they'll stick, right? Mm-hmm. They don't they don't really understand how to. They're not global. They're really not global yeah. thinkers. It's like they don't travel outside their little <laughs> bubble, do they? Yeah, yeah, because they don't know any they don't know any people who are international. <laughs> right. Not really, not intimately, right? right? So it's not like a like I really understand that culture in any way, shape, or form. They mm-hmm. see it as you know just oh, business meetings, and that's not enough to actually understand the culture. And it, it is true, the Chinese kind of um, storytelling is different, right? Mm-hmm. There's a different culture, a different history, and um, and so. So yeah, so but then the whole whitewashing of these kind of films, it's 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 so problematic 
um, and then they, they think that in Asia, or if they interview a few Asians, like they don't have a problem with it. Well, in mm-hmm. Asia, they have all films that look- everybody looks like everybody. <laughs> right. So everybody <laughs> has gorgeous. So there's no like, I have low self esteem because yeah. there's no Chinese people here. Everybody's freaking Chinese. And right. All yes. your advertisement, all mm-hmm. your media. Yes. Mm-hmm. So a great wall comes along. Yeah. That's not threatening, right? But right. for Asian Americans, it's like, come on. Like, there's like one film that you can maybe cast some Asian Americans. If you're going to do like a film that's crossing over, maybe you cast some Asian Americans yes. who can like, you know, do that, and and you know, just, we got some bad listen, ass listen. actors here. Now, I'm just, I'm just saying because I know with the film, I can because I think the the Great Wall itself, like the cast, I think it was Pan Asian. I think it wasn't just Chinese act. They had other actors that mm-hmm. were of Asian, from Asia, different parts of Asia who were in it too. But I was thinking, if you go Marcus after who was hot right now, who just got kicked off, killed <laughs> on The Walking Dead, yes. you know, yes. like if you want yes. like name Stephen recognition, Come on. okay, if, yes. just name recognition alone. If that's what you're saying, because mm-hmm. that's the, that's the story they tell with Matt Damon. Well, Matt Damon, look, Matt Damon, he's old school, he's old news now. Mm-hmm. And Matt Damon's not the go-to guy that people talk about. <laughs> they not they not checking us out on Twitter when we trying to tell y'all on live tweets who we want to see. We're gonna throw Matt Damon in it. Really? We're gonna throw, you know, even though he's a good actor, Matt, yeah, you're a good actor. Great actor. You can do well, but I don't want to see you no more. <laughs> Did you see, though, the article that said that Steven Yeun is actually, he's auditioning for five-line roles. What? Yes. What? He, was, he auditioned for a five-line role. What? So this is, this is, this is the extent you of racism. This is the extent of The Walking Dead. This is the bullshit who, brought, who almost broke Twitter when people's, yes. people was having, like, funeral. Yes. yes. Live tweets. Yes. They remember Ryan. when he died. They remember. Right. They had, and then they were, like, losing it when they had, like, the little scene where, with his future child. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the tape. People was crying. Like, I'm getting chills. I'm chills. I'm saying, you know, and it's like, but this is all he's getting? You have the you got the dude right now for for Asian American actors, the hottest thing going on right now. They should have capitalized. Hollywood should have capitalized. AMC it. should be developing Look. a fucking series Look. for his butt. That's what Look. they should be. No. I said it, bitch. Spin off, spin off, spin off. Something. You know, they should. He been should have been snatched up. Yes. You know, but it's like in their mind, and it's a conversation that's been happening on Twitter, especially with Iron Fist. In their mind. They don't think of, of Asian men and Asian women. Like, there's the stereotypes they have for them. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, one of the things you, you talk about in your book is the idea of Asian actors being stoic and not having any emotion. Can you talk about that? Like, this is the excuse why some of these producers and casting directors are not looking at Asian actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a casting director who said that they just believe that Asian actors can't act with feeling. With Feeling yeah, that they that they essentially they can't cast them in anything except like businessmen who don't you know like there's no range there's no acting they clearly chops. don't watch any Maybe. movies. <laughs> Have you seen any of the films coming out of Asia? Any movies? So so the fact that yeah. and, and the fact so and the fact that they're extrapolating it to all Asian actors. Exactly. I mean, this is a lot of countries, wow. a lot of different cultures, a lot of different languages. Well, first of all, you can't even do it with one country, right. but let alone all Asians are this way. So it goes back yeah, to the stereotype that Asians are stoic, that they're non-feeling. And I think that as a sociologist, like a lot of times immigrants are coming over here and they don't want to make any waves, any yeah. immigrant, right? They're mm-hmm. just trying here to make a better life. So they're not like loud and out there because they don't want to draw attention to themselves. Right. They just want to make money and go home and, you know, make a better life. So, so it's not a racial, cultural thing per se, you know, especially if you look at Asian Americans who grew up here, you know, we're part of this culture, we adapt to this culture. Mm-hmm. I and mean, there are some things where, you know, where, you know, our parents are passing down stuff to right. us. But overall, I mean, there, there was an article recently actually about how um, the system, even in academia, you know, they're not encouraging 
certain like immigrant groups to go into like the arts. Right. So it's not just the parents, because a lot of times people are blaming the parents, mm-hmm. you know. So that I think also stereotypes like what all Asian parents right. are, <laughs> you know, keeping their kids from fulfilling their dreams because Asia is just right. That plays into that stoicism. Right. right? We right. just want we just want to do math and science. And that's right. it. I mean, I remember in college, like people are like, you majoring in math? I'm like, no, I suck in math. You know, <laughs> like, really? Isn't it? No, genetic? in fact, I'm an English major. And then that that just that's just throw, I write poetry. That's just throwing that them off. You know, up, like, <laughs> you, you know, that. English yes. language and you write in it, right, you know. Right, so, right. so it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely, yeah. So those stereotypes. So it's the, the, that's the problem, right? Actors of color and artists of color are mm-hmm. facing those societal stereotypes that then affect the, the, the jobs that they can get, the True. openings that they can have. So, so yeah. So, so the fact that the casting director thought all Asian actors were were unfeeling. I mean, that is that's that's like a. That's like a death sentence, See, we need to right? send that bitch a bunch of movies. <laughs> and like, why? Like, she said that play. that was common Push amongst play. casting directors. Wow. It was not just her. She Ridiculous. was saying that this was a common common misperception. Wow. So that is, that's systemic racism. She's clearly yeah. not watching Netflix either because it's some really badass Are you shows me? with some badass agent actors. And I'm just like, look, look these can I just tell y'all right now? Mm-hmm. I'm just catching up because years ago, one of my favorite shows in 2010, I think about 2009, by the time I got to see it, the bootleg on YouTube. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was Boys Over Flowers. Okay. <laughs> and I finally found some episodes, the Japanese version I'm watching. I'm trying to catch up. Like, let me see the different versions between it. Let me tell y'all something right now. These Korean men, mm-hmm. <laughs> hair laid, face beat. Cl- you can't, I used to think black men were the best men to wear. Let me tell you something right now. <laughs> Korean men mm-hmm. in these suits. <laughs> the hotness. Uh-huh. Like, there are women who are literally going to South Korea right now. They're trying to find them a husband. <laughs> because they didn't saw these movies. Uh-huh. And it's like... But Hollywood doesn't see that. They don't see this. And I, I mean, we've got these... And we've got our own... we got mm-hmm. our own Korean sexy guys here, too. And our mm-hmm. own Chinese sexy guys. And our own Japanese American. Yes, They're here. They're here. But we're overlooking them. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the argument is the idea of them not being sexy. Which is a lie. Well, there was that YouTube woman who went around kissing Asian guys. See about that? To prove that they're masculine. It's like, it's just. To prove that they're masculine? Yeah, that they're sexy, (laughs) but it was so problematic. Right. It's just, it's just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the idea that, yeah, I think this is, this is, well, there's a whole history of, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of, it's it's part of the immigration laws, actually, right? right? It created right. an entire bachelor society, yep. right? Because right. they didn't mm-hmm. let reunification. So there were all these Asian the men here. Exclusion mm-hmm. Yeah, so then, Chinese yeah. men who had no spouses, who had mm-hmm. no, who couldn't have, you know, they couldn't intermarry either. Mm-hmm. So they were, so so then this idea that, oh, they're not virile, right? Hey, mm-hmm. it's your law that prevented. Uh, we can't have no woman, so, you know. <laughs> you know. All they can do is just, you know, do the laundry because that was the right. only job, you yeah. know. Yeah. And um, so those stereotypes perpetuated. Yep. Either they're doing the laundry because mm-hmm. I, I remember like this is old school y'all when I was a little kid when they used to have the 70s commercials mm-hmm. with the Chinese laundry like oh mm-hmm. the ancient Chinese secret mm-hmm. and it was just like but those are American people they're not in China <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't it be an American ancient American you know Chinese secret or whatever right because you know? Chinese people don't just do laundry, laundry in China you know? <laughs> yeah. you know or it's like the restaurant so it's like this huge thing but you mentioned something in terms of of actors who um who don't, because they want to protect their jobs, who don't speak out. But I think one of the people who was really coming out, and I don't know if it's because maybe they're several generations in, um, Constance Wu, who's uh-huh. been making a lot of waves, mm-hmm. especially uh, on social media, and just really coming out and just being open and honest and talking and calling out stuff, okay. you know, which is to me is very brave. Mm-hmm. And I worry that 
you know, there might be some backlash towards her, especially, you know, I don't know how long Fresh Off the Boat's going to stay on the air. Great show. But you know how it is, the fluctuations of mm-hmm. audience and yeah. things like that. Even though a she's, lot of... She's amazing. amazing. She's hilarious. And it's like... Talented. Yeah. And just whole being cast. brave. Just yeah. yes. Yes. But just having that... To, to, to be that one person to come out and speak and say things and, and a lot of people try to be supportive. I know in the black girl community, the black nerds, we try mm-hmm. to like be supportive and, you know, signal boost and really kind of support other actors. Um, but see, because that's the only way to sustain them though. If she has a voice, I'm going to interrupt you. No, no. If she has a big loud voice about what's going on and the audience is supporting her, then it, then the the powers that be can't fire her. They well, can't I'm, get rid I'm of hoping her. it empowers you know other I mean? actors because I know one of the things that black actors have is that we do have a higher visibility in terms of TV mm-hmm. and films and other groups, True. even though our roles are very limited. Once again, we're either serving. What was the joke you wrote in the book that Ice Cube had said? Like, you know, that when they got the Oscar snub for coming straight out of Compton, mm-hmm. he said, we would, if we had some slaves in the movie, mm-hmm. we probably would have got nominated for <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> and I was like, Ice Cube, you need to stop. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, but, like, but it's not exactly yeah. what he wants, but. Right. Just, he's just calling but it out. <laughs> those black actors that have won Oscars, they've won them for either subservient roles, you know, yep. or playing a really bad guy. We all yep. know, hey, we all know that, that Denzel should have got it for Malcolm X, mm-hmm. but they gave it to him for training day. Mm-hmm. They better have, you know. Yeah. We know that there's other roles that Viola Davis should probably won a long time ago, you know. Plenty of Asian actors who've seen some stuff like, why was that not nominated? Who was, the, who, was mm-hmm. who overlooked that? And then they're not nominated, and mm-hmm. it's like they don't get those other roles or opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it's like this this vicious cycle. Um, so, Nancy, you're, the end of the book, you have this fantastic. She has a fantastic bibliography mm-hmm. in the back. Like she, like I said before, she put receipts in that book. <laughs> so anything that's in there, if you want to try to refute it, you can go and look <laughs> it up. But there's some some solutions and some things that you suggested at the end of the book that Hollywood can do, and not just Hollywood, just writers, directors. Those of you out there who are, are creating projects so that you don't make the mistake that Hollywood has been doing and not being inclusive and being brilliant and, you know, basically missing out on your blessings. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some, some things that Hollywood can do to fix our situation that are we're we in right now? Right well, we're in a situation. <laughs> we, this is, this is a situation. Mm-hmm. Come on, you know it is. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Um, so I think that to fix the situation, it has to be multi-pronged. Okay. So not just Hollywood, but also the government and the everyday person, mm-hmm. the audience member. I think all three prongs have to happen simultaneously and ongoingly, right, for things to change. So so let's start with the government, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the Federal um, Communication Commission, the FCC, right. even though I think that that's under um, scrutiny right now, <laughs> along with all the other government <laughs> agencies, but um, because, you know, our airwaves are public, they mm-hmm. are owned by us, mm-hmm. right? So broadcast networks, they they share these airwaves, and they're supposed to serve the public, including PBS. And right. we know that PBS has been um, has been serving kind of the the period British pieces over yes. to us. Those mm-hmm. have been yes. the most popular mm-hmm. narratives, scripted narratives, right? With uh, Downton Abbey and Sherlock, and these are mm-hmm. these are predominantly white dominant narratives, right? And there are no brothers on there. <laughs> I think occasionally there was some, there was one dude that, that came, came on through. Down Abbey. Yeah. He was like yeah. the jet and then we never saw him again. No, no, no. So, like, see, we got one. Okay. <laughs> he walked in the door and we exactly. never saw him again. Yeah, so so it's not serving the public. So we can mm. put pressure through the FCC uh, to networks to maybe starting with incentives, that's what I suggest, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some tax breaks, some some incentives mm-hmm. to help 
to help encourage networks to be more inclusive. Otherwise, it's always about the money. So I right, think it's great. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. I think that there could also be, um, you know, incentives or disincentives, right? To to be so to be so kind of dominant with with the with the non-white with the white inclusion and mm-hmm. non-white exclusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and then Hollywood, I think, can what what uh, what research has shown in terms of diversity initiatives in kind of corporations mm-hmm. is that managers in order to kind of um, increase diversity in the managerial positions which are you know which include hiring and all that stuff you have to actually have um, dedicated staff you mm-hmm. can't just say okay let's do some anti-bias training <laughs> right? that's not enough because actually they show that anti-bias training actually works against really? yeah people actually mm-hmm. get mad and then they like subconsciously and they <laughs> resist it right so huh. so all the kind of anti-implicit bias training that i think hollywood is doing right now that's already been shown to be not as effective as mm. hiring kind of as having dedicated staff so dedicated diversity staff dedicated to hiring more uh, people of color and when women and i think that um and also having mentorship right. so and then as well as um as kind of goals, right? Diversity hiring mm-hmm. goals to, mm-hmm. to meet, right? I mean, you can call them quotas. You can call them, you know, just desire to to have a certain percentage. Well, I mean, right now the percentages are so be- below population. <laughs> no. So to even bring it up to population, you know, right. just to bring it up to population representation, I think is something that um, Hollywood should aim for, mm-hmm. especially since the audience members are increasingly, you know, and, and, and audiences of color are shown to be consuming media at higher rates than whites, right? Yes. Latinos, Latinx are yes. going to see movies mm-hmm. at much higher percentages. Uh, African-Americans are consuming television at mm-hmm. higher percentages. Asian-Americans are mm-hmm. consuming streaming, right. things that are streaming online at higher percentages. So they need to, if, if they want to even service the, the audiences that are consuming their products, they should be considering diversifying their, their writing rooms, mm-hmm. you know, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. the people that are creating the materials. Because right now... Those roles don't exist, right. right? Or they're or they're done in a way that is like, yeah, tokens, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're not the leads, right? Like I noticed that. I mean, not noticed, not just noticed, but, <laughs> but, just but, but like morning. you know, you look at the Marvel universe, <laughs> and mm-hmm. sure, you know, there's some people of color. They're they're usually the the sidekicks, right? There still haven't been yeah. any leads really like set, yeah. like the story is central yeah. on them. And I think that that I mean, I think um, Luke Cage is like the first one that's starting, and then you know, Black Panther's coming. Mm-hmm. But then we have we don't have any Asian Americans. We don't have any yeah. Latinx like actual right. like that they're the, right. that they're actually the that they're actually the the hero right. of the entire story where we care about and we root for that character not mm-hmm. just kind of like oh well that character's kind of interesting I guess That's why I'm so glad Into the Badlands is back yeah. oh, oh yes oh, yes boy. yes Woo. yes hey, that's your show, my man. show <laughs> hi Sonny <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so yeah. So that, that I think that's what Hollywood and then the government and then lastly, audience members, right? Yes. Audience members. So we know that box office, um, you know, actual opening weekends really matter to studios. They're looking at those numbers. Right. And I, I, I went to see a Girl Scout screening of Hidden Figures, and, and that was really that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Right. And and actually, most of the audience were were white girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a kind of a pricey pricey. Um, 
uh, event because they actually invited someone from JPL, like a black okay. female engineer, well, to mm-hmm. come and speak to the girls. Mm-hmm. So it was special, and and I felt really like I contributed because there were these those articles that came out that said Hidden Figures first two weekends beat out Rogue One, yes. you know, top movie yes. of 2016. Right, right. And I was like, well, I was part of those numbers, right? right. So those the, and those articles, I mean, they made they made such a big publicity deal about it, which was awesome because mm-hmm. then you can say, hey, you know, three three black women can sell films, you know, and, and, yes. and it's doing as well as, uh, or doing better in those opening weekends than And it was a Hollywood movie. movie, you know what I mean? They totally. st- it, it, was, it was light, it was, you know, I mean, it was heavy when it needed to be, but it wasn't a heavy movie at all. It could have easily been, right. you know, right. so they, they thought about making it in a way that Hollywood would, you know, go gravitate to it and every audience could watch it and kids could come and, you know, so I thought it was smart. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was totally palatable to mm-hmm. the average audience. Did you guys yep. hear about the though that they actually lied about one of the scenes? Yes. No, no, tell me about this. I'm here with this. What <laughs> you heard about this? So just remind me. Like the, the whole the whole bathroom scene never happened. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. the whole idea. And it, and and because the writing, mm-hmm. I have to admit that one scene. It was the one thing I thought that uh, Taraji should have been nominated for was the scene where she talks about I have to go to the bath that big dramatic mm-hmm. moment but that never happened like basically mm-hmm. she went to the bathroom where she needed to go to the bathroom at but they had to have this moment for uh, what's his name's character uh, Kevin Costner thank Costner. you uh, yeah so so Kevin could have that moment which is what every historical movie tends to want to do is they want to show that not all white people were evil, that there were some white saviors there that were there to help <laughs> the poor Negroes. <laughs> yeah, like they got to have, yeah, we know about you, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like, it, it wasn't even necessary. You didn't really need that saying. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't need it, but you know. You didn't need it, but, but you did need it for her role. She, her role, she would have never done that role without that type of a scene like that. They That's the type of scene we write. You need that scene that the actors from the play. right from the writing, from the point, writing of point of yes. view, yes, and from the, and from the <laughs> actor's point of view, I think you need it from the audience right. enjoying the right. movie, right? Maybe not, but mm-hmm. I don't think they would have enjoyed it as much mm-hmm. personally. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's those kind of things where you have those historical moments, those beats, and it, it makes me wonder. Well, what were some of the other historical moments that probably could have been in that movie? That was more real and maybe more, I don't know, more poignant. Well, the whole relationship with her and um, Mahal, I can never say his name. Mahershala. Mahershala. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't really that real. She, they, they made that in that way and they gave it in a positive, which I liked. Mm-hmm. He was a great, strong man, you know, all mm-hmm. that stuff like that. Um, but that was creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I thought that was special. Mm-hmm. You know, we remember that. Right. And we don't always get to see, especially in the with 50s or 60s, we get to see. Oh, black people. A black, yeah. you know. They were like, they looked like middle class people. It was clean. It, was, it wasn't ghetto. It wasn't project. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, and he was romantic and he was, you know what I mean? He cooked for it. I was like, what, bitch? You know what I mean? <laughs> but that's real shit that we don't get a chance to see. Right. You know, and that's so. when you start fictionalizing a lot of the historical things. And, you know, it, it, all films tend to go through that. But it was just like, a lot of people were like, did we really need that? And what it all comes back down to, once again, is that white savior. It's the whole thing with Matt Damon's movie, which uh, we all heard the news that uh, it lost money with the American market. You and said it wasn't going to make no money. I told you, place. look, look, it's going to make money globally because that's global stuff. But in terms <clears throat> of the, the racket that people made, like people voicing opinions, and like you said, social media, mm-hmm. you know, if you're making a film and you're not listening to social media and what people are saying, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to miss the boat. People told you, we don't want to see, but go ahead <laughs> anyway. And I'm not trying to say we vindicated, but we vindicated. 
you know? Well, I think it's just amazing how much money they put into publicity and marketing of that. Like Sometimes it costs more than the movies do. You know, yes. that's what it yes. 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 I walked around West Hollywood and mm-hmm. there were plastered, yes. plastered posters of, of Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was so interesting because I noticed that, you know, it's called The Great Wall and we know it's set in China, but those American posters... There were three white people and two Chinese people. I noticed that. You noticed that? Mm-hmm. Like it, it made it look like that the movie was really about. Well, he's some in the European, center. He's in the center. Huge, right? Yes. Flanked by two, Correct. you know, probably su- Chinese superstars <laughs> exactly. that look like got, Token. Got, who got, would totally got, sell them? Got, my, right? got my Andy Lau in the corner yes. down there. <laughs> Shameful. <laughs> <laughs> like, see, the moment that's all. And here's what makes it funny. When they first, like, I don't know if you guys remember, when they first put The Great Wall, I thought it was a joke poster. Like the first time. <laughs> they showed it I said because you know we already been picking on Matt Damon because you know I'm always the one talking about any movie it's like driving Matt Damon you know any movie he's in and so when I saw the first poster and they said yeah the Great Wall I thought that that was a joke thing so I'm like y'all need to stop playing and somebody sent me a link and said no it's a real movie and I went to YouTube and I'm like are you kidding me we just got done telling y'all with the whole Egyptian thing. They do not listen. They, what, Nancy, they do not listen. Explain to us why. You, you're giving us all these things that they can do. Why won't they listen? I think it's the belief that only white men sell movies. I mean, it's this fundamental belief that if we put any, we risk any other uh, group, you know, even white women, if we put them on as leads, there's a risk, right? And whether mm-hmm. it's, it's, so it's not, you know, because Hollywood's a machine, right? There's mm-hmm. people that are, that the financiers, right, and the uh, and the studio heads that are greenlighting, all mm-hmm. these people fundamentally believe that only white men sell, even if they're presented with contrary evidence, right? And because you mean facts, Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> not not alternative facts, true. Exactly. Not alternative, the real well, truth. Yeah, well, because there's so few movies that star people of color and women that if one bombs. And oh yeah, oh, well, that doesn't work. Yeah, then mm-hmm. the, those, yeah. those nobody wants to see the movies with those kind of people, mm-hmm. right? But instead um, of what we talked about earlier, the content. Instead of really realizing whatever the content was, was probably what didn't sell it. Instead of the fact that you know it's people of color in there. You mm-hmm. know well, I mean? And the problem is they're not going to say, "Oh, white savior films don't sell." No. They're going to say, "Oh, well, something happened." You know, mm-hmm. this is just it just didn't it just didn't work with the Chinese audience. They're going to mm-hmm. blame the they'd rather blame all of China mm-hmm. than maybe right. the, the white savior. And trope that's the narrative that that's the narrative they've been spending. Like what I've been looking in a variety of different places, they've been talking about, "Oh, this movie now it's going to mess up." Oh, we don't. Oh, it might mess up the Chinese relations with the film industry and like <laughs> and it's like people try to tell tell you mm-hmm. you know and I, I don't know it's just this weird like you said it's just they just think that there's nothing beyond a white male savior hero in a film and you know the last few years a lot of films that have been coming out have been disproving mm-hmm. that you know i mean crouching tiger did just fine <sighs> yes you know i remember crouching tiger coming out and like i was i was surprised that it did so well but mm-hmm. it did and it was it was, it was something very different yeah that the american audience was not used to Correct. but but and they've they, been doing that and they've been years. doing it in china for years <laughs> well, I, yeah I was and we the, just got was, put on i was in the theater and i was with uh you know with a predominantly white audience and mm-hmm. they were they were laughing when they saw like the the chinese actors starting to fly on top mm-hmm. of the bamboo they were mm-hmm. like 
what's going on? I was like, this is what happens when you have really when good martial arts. <laughs> you just fly. Exactly. You know? That's when you get to that top level, that's right. not the black belt, <laughs> but the platinum one, yeah. you fly. Well, it's the same thing when years yeah. ago, when Hero came out, mm-hmm. I remember the trailer. Mm-hmm. And But because I had been brought up to watch those type of films, like to me it was just like, first of all, you got all my favorite actors in yes. it anyway. And then you've got that beautiful thing and it was just, it did so well. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, what? <laughs> What? Y'all didn't have to put a Matt Damon in it then. No. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just not understanding. And Hollywood has this real problem of saying, well, if China likes it, then Chinese Americans should like it or Asian Americans should like it. Because we all, we're all the same, all the right? Same. Even though totally different <laughs> right. country right. we're growing up right. in. It's the conflation of race, right. right? Versus, hmm. Well, you know, if you grow up in a completely different worldview and life, and you know, being a, being a person of color here is very different than being in a country where everybody looks like you, Correct. right? So for them, having a Matt Damon, no big deal, right? No big deal, because well, all their question. heroes are Chinese, right? Right. Let me ask you a question. You sound like somebody who's traveled quite a bit. Do you notice when you let's take China? When you go to China, do you notice is is there because, like you said, a lot more people are the same race, right? <clears throat> do you notice it's more of a class thing then when you go to another country where there's more of the same people? Do you, do you find that where's the, where's the divide is what I'm trying to mm. get to? Yeah, I think I think there's class. I think there's there's um, discrimination based on ethnicity as well, mm-hmm. right? I think that if there are minorities within a certain Asian country, even if they're the same race, right. I mm-hmm. guess if we think about races, if, uh, I mean, I don't know, race is maybe just so specific to the United States, right? <laughs> yeah. I think in I feel I think in, yeah. like nobody nobody thinks of themselves as Asian in right. Asia, right? Oh, they really? think of okay. themselves right. as Chinese, right. or Korean, or mm-hmm. Japanese. Right. So they don't think, oh, uh, that's my peeps over there in that other country that invaded me historically, right? <laughs> right. They think they think of that as my enemy potentially, right. yeah, or some yeah. people, right. right? Right. And so, so there's geopolitical stuff that we don't understand here in the United States because mm-hmm. we like to we just put people like think of the entire continent of Africa. We like to just say Africa, Africa, right? Because right. we don't understand because right. nobody knows geography growing right. up. Here There's the, a million languages. Our, right, 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 right. Yes, languages, exactly. cultures, right. right. I mean, While well, the Asian, you know, Asian race that we like to categorize here, yeah, there's so many different cultures and languages. We don't share mm-hmm. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there's a lot of discrimination between Asian groups in Asia, mm-hmm. um, especially like even like immigrants within a certain country, like Japan, Koreans are a minority, mm-hmm. and so yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that. But yes, there's also class differences, just like there's class differences here. But we oh, yeah. again, we like to we think about race so much more than class mm-hmm. um, and so yeah so no there's um, but, but there's there, an expectation with race and class here though yeah what did you say yeah I, well I definitely because this is a multicultural multi-ethnic sure. society mm-hmm. we have a lot more um, racism in the sense of between people who look you know who have different skin colors and such, but mm-hmm. but I think in Asia that happens, and and in Asia there are you know there's also colorism in Asia, mm-hmm. right? And then what does that mean? Like like what? So colorism like like fair skinned people are seen oh, as okay. superior to darker mm-hmm. skin, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of makeup and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that swimsuits and things that keep you from being out of the like sun. Yeah, like my grandparents, you know, would make me hold an umbrella or parasol everywhere I went because uh, you know yeah. they can't I can't get my skin dark, and wow. I would be like annoyed. Um, 
because it's you know it's hot yeah, <laughs> and having and uh, yeah and I would you know I would wear just like you know, any <laughs> American you want to tan right? yeah well right. the thing is they want me to wear long sleeves and long pants and never get you right. know, so the no colorism thing. is a huge thing in Asia and I, I I don't know enough I, I feel like part of that is this kind of global worship of whiteness yes. mm. some of it is class right mm-hmm. because you know the people who are working in the fields are going to get in the sun tan, right right mm-hmm. um, but I think that there is also I think you know the kind of uh, global export of kind of whiteness and whiteness as 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 you know super, the superior you know beauty. Mm-hmm. I think that that also that also affects I think um, people around the world. Sure, so sure. I mean, you get into Nigeria. A lot of the when we talk about um, Nollywood, Nigeria mm-hmm. film industry, or just in parts of West Africa where you know the skin lightening. <clears throat> I've seen like videos in Jamaica and you oh, know sure. people just coming through and just doing just putting these chemicals to really strip it. And a lot of times when you talk to them. They're just like, oh, no, no, no. It's just, you know, it's not about not wanting to be black. It's just to make myself prettier. But in that mindset, it's like, well, you're saying that lighter and whiteness, proximity to whiteness, mm-hmm. makes you better. Mm-hmm. But they'll look at you like, no, that's not what it is. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> that's what no, no. That's, that's, it's a global thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it's that the global, the white narrative, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Now, when we started the podcast... And we're talking and stuff. We have moved into our Oscar you season. Mean a couple weeks ago. Yes, when we started yes, this yes. Podcast. So now we're going to get into what was your reaction, Nancy, when you watched the Oscars and the whole Moonlight La La Land? Because a lot of eyes were on the Oscars this year. You know, like in your book when you mentioned um, April Rain's um, Oscars So White, um, when we were talking about. Um, you know, just the, the white savior narrative and how everyone was really excited for so many um, black actors being nominated. A lot of, of, you know, excitement around that because everybody's saying, hey, now the Oscars are white. It's not anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, what was your reaction to watching it? And then the what irritates me, the narrative that's being spinned after the Oscars with La La Land and Moonlight. I think that I went into the season knowing that Oscar So White hashtag with April Ranks was not going to be anymore because there were just too many awesome, you know, movies that featured mm-hmm. uh, especially black actors this, this season. Mm-hmm. But then you get the 14 <laughs> nominations of La La Land, <sighs> which sorry. I was shocked <laughs> because I watched that movie and I... Now, I, here's a question. Do you see it in the movie? Did you watch it at home? Because that's always been the biggest... Every time I talk to people, like, well, did you see it in the movie? Did you see it in a screener? I, I saw a screener. Okay, I did too, but I saw it on a big-ass screen. Because that's supposed <laughs> to be the better experience, I guess. the cinematic experience. I guess. Yeah, it's, you know, it was, that's true, because I did see Moonlight in yeah. the theater, because I wanted to pay money to yeah, see that. Yeah, I've seen it three so, times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, but even if it was the most gorgeously shot film, the story itself was not appealing to me. No. It didn't, I didn't relate to it. I guess, you know, I'm not a Hollywood insider, but mm-hmm. just... Just as a human being, I just didn't mm-hmm. find, oh, no, I can't make it as an actress, but I still drive a Prius and I can go home to my parents where they have a shrine to my, <laughs> you know, high school acting. Mm-hmm. It just, it felt very, well, I mean, that's just the, you know, the Emma Stone part, but also the Ryan Gosling, the fact mm-hmm. that he was supposed to embody the purity of jazz. I didn't, I didn't get that. And I was so agitated that they, that they framed John Legend's character as, you know, as kind of the sellout and and when he performed, I was like, 
when I just actually, before I saw the movie, I just listened to the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the only good song on there was the song that was performed by John, John Legend. Legend song. Right? And I mean, I get that the, that the piano, whatever, the, the song that won, that, that was, you know, it was mm-hmm. like a character in the film. Mm-hmm. It was that was an audition song? What song was uh, it? No, it was the one that he composed. Anyway, so that song, um, that, that song's not jazz, is it? It's not. <laughs> so that's kind of ironic that mm-hmm. he's like all about old jazz and mm-hmm. he plays this kind of like silly little almost like kid song. But anyway, mm-hmm. but so, and the fact that two songs were nominated over my Moana, yes. right? My Lin-Manuel yes. Moana yes. where I could sing all those songs because right. they were that memorable. Right. So that was, that was incredible to me. And even Dwayne didn't sound bad. <laughs> Dwayne, no, look, I'm trying to tell y'all, yes. look, y'all heard me say it mm-hmm. already. Dwayne can sing. Uh-huh. He can sing. <laughs> he actually could. Uh-huh. It wasn't just kind of the the you know speaking singing. Uh-huh. It was actually he actually he carried sing. a tune. I was I'm so impressed. I was uh-huh. so impressed. But I mean, she actually the actress just blew me away at the Oscars. Uh-huh. Her performance. Mm-hmm. She was beautiful. She was um, like she glowed. Her voice, the power. And even when she got smacked in the head with that flag. She kept on singing <laughs> when that little fake ocean wave came through, and I said, "Did they hit this baby in the head?" And she went, and she kept on going. I said, "That is a professional. Do it, baby girl. She's like Do 16 it." Sixteen or something, yes. Because right? oh, I, because I've been me sixteen, I would have turned around and been like, "Who is that?" And she was like, "I cried and ran yes. off stage." <laughs> she stayed in the moment. No, yeah, she was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, John Legend was good, but sorry, that material is not that good. <laughs> so yeah, just, I mean, I was more looking at I the people flying in yeah. the air. I was like flying in the air because right. the song ain't going to do it. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, I have no love for La La Land. I'm sorry. I actually, yeah, I actually, have, I've been getting in trouble for, for dissing this, this movie. Oh, that we've been for, some reason, for some reason, people, they, they're like holding it sacred. White people hold it sacred. They do. Like, it this is a silly is the film. Movie. It is so silly. You know, I would, okay, I, you know, Casey Affleck. All his sexual harassment aside, I thought Manchester by the Sea was a better movie than La La, La Land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I actually was moved by that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of working class story. Mm-hmm. And La La Land was just, it was fluff. It was fluff. It was fun. I think if it wasn't nominated for the Oscars, I would have just enjoyed it as a, as right. a you know, whatever, a nice right. piece on, you right. know, whatever, Lost Dreams of Youth. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the fact that it, it got more nominations than Moonlight, that, you know, a film that I thought was the best movie I've seen in decades, possibly 13, all of my life. Wow. For, wow. for that to get, you know, less nominations. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually thought that I was like, when I was thinking about musical, I was like, Moonlight was a musical. <laughs> you know? They had those musical interludes. Yes. Yes. The, mu- the music yes. threaded those three mm-hmm. kind of stages mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. so well, where at the end, it was like, it was, it was like a symphony at the right. end. You know, it was, right. a, it was a sad, melancholy symphony. Right. But it was like that, that to me, the music for that, for that movie, I thought it served, served it, served the story. And, I was, yeah. So so coming to the Oscars, I knew it was going to be between these two movies. Mm-hmm. I just knew it, right? Everyone knew it. And and for that ending to be like <laughs> <laughs> the flip-flop of, 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 you know, those two films, it was it was emotionally too much for me <laughs> at the time. I yes. was screaming. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And I was all alone because it, it got late and my family went to bed. And I was <laughs> screaming. I was like, I can't believe this. And I thought I had all sorts of conspiracy theories. I was like, who? Everybody Warren is. Beatty? Was he 
racist? What's going on? I couldn't understand because I had no idea what was going on and why this would happen. And then, of course, all the news coverage and it was like, oh, Emma Stone, you know, so Emma, why do you think this happened? And she had to be like, I, I had the card with me. So it was all this. And I was like, well, are you re-robbing did Barry they have, Jenkins? Did they make two of them? Like, what the fuck happened? Yeah, yeah they made two of them. Right. And, and because people were not paying attention, they gave the second one. The second one to Warren Beatty, so mm-hmm. it wasn't Warren Beatty. He was well, not man, the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Tweet maybe, but but the thing is, he could have maybe Warren Beatty could have said like, "Hey, got the wrong card." Yeah, <laughs> you know? but but they don't tell them either, so they just open it up. Well, it did say Emma Stone on it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but. I, I see your point. I thought you were saying like as if he should know this is the wrong. No, 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 no. Yeah. But when he saw it, he saw Emma Stone, Correct. best like, actress. You know, like, La La Land. It's like I'm doing best picture. You know? <laughs> right, so right, then right. the other lady looked and saw La La Land and yeah, just yelled La La Land. She, well, she thought he was joking. Yeah, she didn't know what was going yeah. on because he didn't. He wasn't. He, this is the thing, right? He, sometimes. I don't want to sound racist, but sometimes people... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Because you know what we always say when white folks say that. You know, I don't mean to sound racist. Here we go. <laughs> well, I, mean, like, I feel like... I feel like Gird okay, your loins. I feel like people, people of color are just going to, like, call it out. Right. Like, hey... You know, this is this is the wrong card, right? Like I feel like you know, I, I pretty much speak like authentically, like right. hey, you know. But I would have I've been like, y'all not about to embarrass me up here. Like, <laughs> is this the right? Like, even say, hold on a minute, is this the right card? Right, right. You know? But I think yeah. when maybe as actors and from another era, because mm-hmm. they're literally from another era. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I think maybe stand stand up and kind of you know whatever you know improv is not in their repertoire. Right, so right. They're right. kind of well, like, how I do I just, seem like right. I'm still in the role? I was listening to NPR. This morning, um, and they were talking. They were interviewing somebody who interviewed him before that ever happened. And he was like, "Oh, as soon as I heard he was doing Warren Beatty was doing, he's like, I would have told you. He's a little odd. And he's the first person who tells you I'm horrible at speaking. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was a weird place. And so he's like, yeah, why I wasn't surprised. <gasps> it's I know why. It's the fiftieth anniversary. Oh, it's the fiftieth. Is it fiftieth? But also, it's the ago? white nostalgia, right? Yes. Going back to the white nostalgia. Well, this is the anniversary of this is the anniversary year of Bonnie and Clyde, the movie. Oh, so you know, I, I, when I saw them, I'm like, oh, okay, they're just bringing in for the nostalgia factor. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's cool. You know, Faye Dunaway, and you know, okay, I get that. You and know, that would have been so perfect. The nostalgia, and then La La Land, all yeah. the nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, no. When they said Moonlight, I. But then, yeah, they they were robbed of that moment of being mm-hmm. able to go on stage and make history right, right as right. the first first movie with an all black cast mm-hmm. to win best picture right and first movie i mean first first actor muslim actor right. to win first muslim actor lgbtq yes. movie to win yeah it, yeah. it i think there was somebody in the background in one scene or something about white dude i'm like where do white people like in that movie i don't, th- I don't I, think there was any white people i don't, I don't think we saw any they're just really fo- it was just focused on these people yeah. these characters well you ain't gonna see no white what? people in that type of and see i'm one of those people lisa and i talk about it all the time i don't have a problem with you not putting people in the, of color in the movie if that's not where they're at if they're not there right I'm cool. I'm with cool. It. Well, that's the problem with La La Land. Yeah. La La Land. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. problem with La La Land. You in LA. But don't be in a no place Latinos. where you know good as well. <laughs> Ain't no brown people around right. here. You know good as well. Right. Latinos, right. 50%, more than 50%. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Because if you don't put that in there, then you, I don't care how nostalgia. Yeah, you suspect. How, how nice you think. What's his name? Damien? I don't care how Damien nice you Yeah. I don't care how nice and, then, and sweet. And if you ain't got those people in there in that era and that time, what you're really saying is that you are selectively saying, I don't see you. I only see whiteness. No matter because how 
how much <clears throat> you try to sugarcoat because that. Because I think they sugarcoated. I think they said the opening scene shows Latins and blacks and everybody, and then we go into our own world. Right. And then we're fine. Right. And we're then we have John Legend. We're just, we're just we'll window dressing. Yeah, we'll have him come in and do two scenes, and we'll be good. <laughs> no, yeah. we're just we're just window dressing and props. Right. right? We're window dressing and props to your story once again, holding you up. But I, can I just say this? Because y'all saw it. I was so embarrassed with John Legend. Like when stuff was coming up, I was like, dude, just 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 moonwalk. <laughs> backslide back <laughs> well when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and said you know this is this is just embarrassing to black people I mean I was like I wonder what John Legend thinks about mm. all this mm. I wonder what he was thinking when he was doing this you know his face he- was like <laughs> I was like oh when he was performing the songs which just that and then when it happened like literally like, automatically when they start and what's his name snatched the thing out of Warren Beatty's hands mm-hmm. like this you actually won like my face mm-hmm. automatically number one I went to where's John Legend and as soon as I saw it I thought oh god dude if you hurry up and just get off stage you know I just I just felt bad for him and then the expression on David Little's face because because you know what well, everybody was like Cause look, cause you know, cause David had this like this one picture that captured everybody's looking, at, and David's looking this way. I'm thinking he looking at Ava like, girl, <laughs> what is going on after what is going on? I, you know, I just, I don't know. It's just a weird, shocking, and just disappointing moment. You know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know what the future is going to hold for. You know, actors of color, and 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 I don't know what what's going to happen to us. Nancy, do you have all the give answers? Give us one last more. Tell, tell, give us, tell well, us. Let's end on a positive note. Give right? us a wise sage, Nancy. Because <laughs> yes. I think I think the fact that Moonlight did win and that it was made for probably you know people are saying one point six or yeah, something. Or? One, yeah, and for adjusting for inflation, that it was the mm-hmm. the least expensive film ever made to mm-hmm. to win Best Picture. The fact that we can have uh, such a you know. Budget film made by people of color. I think it, it gives hope to young filmmakers and mm-hmm. actors of color that mm-hmm. you know that this this could happen. This could happen for you because you don't need a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You don't need any. You don't need you know names. But, you don't need Denzel to be in that yeah, movie. But you got Denzel Plan B get. behind you. You know. But not you. not just that though, because Plan B has had some other movies that have not done well. I'm going to say this on record, and mm-hmm. you can y'all can disagree out there in Twitter world and all that. Word of mouth was fucking unbelievable. Yeah, no doubt. And not only word of mouth, but people going back to see the movie yeah. and just talking about it. I saw it, it three times. I saw I saw it three times yeah. And then I was on social media telling people like and like literally saying, if you don't see no other movie mm-hmm. this year, you need to go see this one. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the power in, in terms of asses changing ideas, asses and seats. Yeah. And like your book says, you know, you talk about the power of social media. Like I said before earlier, we talked about black girl nerds, um, nerds of prey. <laughs> when you talk about um uh, what's the other one of my favorites? Um, is it Nerds of People of Color? Of no, Nerds of Color. I think it's Nerds of Color. And there's so many different groups out there that are speaking to each other on social media. And really, what's and there's the other people group that Joelle does. What's her? What's her podcast? That's oh, uh, after, after Buzz after TV Buzz, and all, people who are taught like who are live who are talking about mm-hmm. this stuff. And I'm thinking about just regular folks. Like there's one of my favorite people on on Twitter, cartoons and cereal. How you doing? <laughs> who does this wonderful fan casting? Mm-hmm. And like literally, I watch, I I read the stuff that he puts in terms of like big movies, small pictures, you know, heist movies. Mm-hmm. He's putting all kinds of people of color and just putting in like this character, and he puts pictures like this is a person who could do this. And like, if I were an executive, I'd be looking at this like, all right, 
Let's think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Let's look at what some people are saying. Let's look at some different faces. I don't. I just don't know. And they don't have to take a lot, a big financial oh, risk God. to do it, right? Yes. If they're, mm-hmm. they're going to complain, oh, I, we can't cast, we can't, you know, work with this group because we don't want to even risk financially. Look at look at Moonlight. You don't have mm-hmm. to put a lot of money right. into it, right? right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you put. Oh, Matt Damon, who is, you know, a list, right? And, and, probably and you're, the hundred and something million right, and you're losing money. Difference. You're losing money. I mean, you know, maybe it'll come it'll it'll wash out at the end, but still you can make a lot more mm-hmm. money because there are there are stories that are not being told and that Agreed. people want to see and want to hear. Agreed. And go and find those different faces. You mm-hmm. talk about East West players, mm-hmm. we talk about the Latino acting groups and stuff, the people who are doing organizations who are doing showcases. Yeah, say that again. For all the freaking producers and stuff who are out there listening to the show, we get a lot of them. Damn it, you live in LA and you can't find no Asian actors. Let's tell them again where to go to. <laughs> where can we find these people? Okay, we have an Asian committee at the Writers Guild. Yes, where you can go and find young, young, older, you know, Asian writers, and the East West players that she said, the Latinos. Mm-hmm. They have they have the thing. What's that? Um, Nalik. La- 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 Latinos actors. Oh my gosh, what, Latino actors. Oh God! There's you know so many. You know, people, um, fam. You know, <laughs> but there's all there's lots of places out there. So I hate that excuse because we started to do a new thing at the Writers Guild last year where we start taking each um, committee and we actually go to the studio or the network and sit with them and we'll interview whoever the you know the executive is there and we come thirty forty strong so they can see our faces and be like, oh, there's. 30 or 40, you know, people on the Latino, mm-hmm. 30 or 40 on the Asian, 30 or 40 on the black, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And like, it, it, we let them know we're here, you know, we're, we're get over. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think that's really important. Sometimes you just have to be in people's faces, even if we have to come to them, you know? And just cast them. I'm, I'm just thinking about um, an article last year that uh, John Cho was in. I'm trying to think if it was. Was it IndieWire variety? One of the <clears throat> one of the the magazine things, and he was just talking about like where his career would be. Like you know, he talks about when he goes out to be cast for stuff, and oh, we already have one Asian. Yeah, we don't need another one. Oh, we already have a black guy. We don't need the Asian guy. Mm. And he's just like, wh- you know, why not cast me just to cast me for stuff? You know, and it's like this weird dichotomy. Like you can't have there can't be more than Same one person of color agencies. in a room. Agencies, and, and he have... was great on the Oscars. Oh, yeah, 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 so yeah. funny, yeah, right? Yeah. I didn't know he was yes. that funny. I was like, oh, we've been known he was that funny. <laughs> no, I didn't know he had. <laughs> we've been knowing. We've been knowing. He's not only funny, but he's cute. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's <sighs> he looks amazing selfie. in a suit. You remember that? That's yes. really selfie. He was so good on that. Okay, I forgot. I've been a ride or die from way back. Y'all don't remember. Um, oh, what was it? Was it uh, Justin Lin's movie? A Better, Better Tomorrow? Like tomorrow. Better Luck like oh, Tomorrow? Yeah. All those actors in there? Oh, God, fine as hell, too, and talented. <laughs> but I'm disappointed because they should have been huge by now. Mm-hmm. You know? How do you not cast John Cho and stuff? How do you not? How do you act like, oh, well, we can't have. Who are you talking to? Mm. Who are your people? It, it, it makes no sense to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just frustrating. But like you said, Nancy, we're trying to end on a positive note. <laughs> we're trying to be positive. And, and I think that's why your book is so important because you're giving not only name what the problem is, but you're also giving solutions, which I told before is really rare. A lot of times people say, this is the problem. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we're fired up. 
But then it's like, well, what do we do? And your book, like I said, you break it down. It starts in casting. You know, um, it starts in looking, thinking out the box, looking for new places to find people. It really takes people to be mentors. Because like you said, when people get in the business, it's not so much you getting in, it's maintaining those careers. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I almost weep inside, and I do weep inside at times, and I get my emotional moments where I just think about all those talented actors and people that we could have had now who could have outstanding careers Mm -hmm. but we still go into the same people to give you an example i was watching the trailer for the new movie called life that's coming out Mm -hmm. with the space Mm -hmm. movie and stuff and Mm -hmm. i was like okay and of course they've got like the one black dude so you know i was watching the trailer first person they show look 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 in the trailer see they almost lost me because in the trailer that was like he's the first one to get attacked i was like you know what i'm not gonna go see this movie (laughs) same thing i'm not gonna go see this movie same thing i thought but they had one of my favorite asian actors in there too so i'm gonna go see for him he's gorgeous and it was just like he'd be number two he'd be number two <laughs> you know, but it's like it, it's almost that way when I see movies now. And I'm like, mm, if you ain't got people of color in there, I don't know if I'm gonna go see your movie. Um, I think that's what we're going to, you know, as we start to wrap this up. I think that's what we're going to is things are changing and we're gonna stop, like you said, Twitter. You fucking Twitter people, I'm telling you this one right here. Twitter is showing you, you guys come out in force and say, do not go see this movie. And people do not go see well, I'm that not movie. Gonna, I'm not gonna say don't go see it. No, but y'all be going but in. We, we, okay, we, y'all be subconsciously telling people not to go in. <laughs> Fuck that. Y'all tell them bitches do not go see no, this movie. I, I, you know, we I do weaponize my money, and I, I I I will say I have said some things on Twitter where it's like I ain't gonna go see that movie because of this, and that's why you know. And that, but that's to me, it's weaponizing my dollars. I'm not yeah. telling people don't go see it because yeah. you can do what you want to go say do. I'm. I, but I'm saying me. Yeah, I'm not gonna see it, mm-hmm. and it's and I still have not seen the Great Wall. <laughs> Even though I kept telling myself, just go buy the hidden figure ticket and then go see the Great Wall. You know, go ahead. But now that they're opening Moonlight in more theaters, I might go just buy a Moonlight ticket and then go see. Weeks later, they're gonna finally. (sighs) But sometimes that's what it takes. It takes that word of mouth. It takes that. You know, people just, just. I don't know. I just. I feel like in the suburbs where I'm at, that even post Oscars, it's still mm. harder to find Moonlight than it is to find all the other nominees. Yeah, I agree. Get the got the winner, and no one, yeah. you know, no one wants to wants to take a risk. Wow. I, I just I just don't get that. You know, I think it's the I, again Hollywood still has the idea that only certain groups will see those films about those groups, right? But but that's that's just not true. That is not true. That is not true at all. Because I feel like every single person. Is including old white folks who right. see Moonlight, you know, at my conservative university, loved right. it, loved right. it. Everybody, loved I have it. never talked to yeah. one person who didn't like it. And and I sat down one of the times I saw it on the big screen at the house. Me and Scott and Don watched mm-hmm. it. And at first, they're like, "Oh, it's a little slow, whatever." By the time it was over, everybody was sitting here like this. Mm-hmm. I said. Some things are a slow burn. They just have, chill. Sometimes, just sometimes chill. you just got to chill and enjoy it. You know? Right, right. It took me twice to realize that, you know, but I talked to Barry and I was like, boy, I, it felt a little slow. But then I realized, ah, he was telling you, chill. And he's right. like, yeah, that's what I was doing. I was like, okay, right. bitch, you got me. Right, you know yeah. I mean? And like I said, the first time I saw it, I said, this is your Oscar winner right here. Not only that, I said, Maharshal is going to win. Mm-hmm. When he said that one line, did not tweet to yeah. you, I said, look, when he said that line mm-hmm. with about the gay people, like that's something they say, I yes. said, this man, that's, it's a lock. Yes. He's going to win the Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't, y'all need to bet. he was speaking truth. He was speaking mm-hmm. truth. It's really and, rare. And it resonates, and I was like, that's what these people need to hear, and that's what it is. And, and just... I'm just thinking about when you just said that, Nancy, people assume that other people of color don't want to see different people that are different from them. It's such a lie because there's one project that's coming up. I'm hoping that comes out soon. Crazy Rich Asians. I cannot wait to see that. What's it called? 
What's it called? You Say need to again? get on the you I didn't need hear to get that. on What's it Crazy Rich Asians. You need to get on the bandwagon. The yeah, need, it's based on a book. It's based it? on a book. Okay. You should read the book. You the book is great. The book. You know, and I cannot wait. They just yeah. they just cast Constance Wu as the lead. Really? Yes. I love her. As as the Asian American lead. Yeah. And like yes. I said, when I said my concerns, Constance is one of those ones that's been talking truth to power and mm-hmm. saying stuff and it's like, you know what? Sometimes you just got to say some stuff and keep it moving, mm-hmm. you know. Nancy, where can people find this book cuz they need to have it? So you can find Real Inequality, Hollywood Actors and Racism at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores, indie indie bookstores, Skylight is carrying it. Mm. Oh, nice. So, nice. yeah. So it's it's anywhere books are sold. And, and, you, and, and Rutgers University. Are you on Grace. Twitter? Where are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm at Nancy W-Y-U-E-N. Mm. And um, also my book, at Real Inequality, R-E-E-L, Inequality. Mm-hmm. And and I also have a Facebook book page, so it's Facebook. Please Real follow Equality. Nancy on there because she posts not only stuff about the book, but she posts a lot of, because you go to a lot of conferences and do a lot of talks and stuff, and you tweet a lot of really interesting stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it's stuff that actors, writers, directors, casting people need to really... You need to really understand that you're going to lose money <laughs> if you don't get with the program. Mm-hmm. So I really hope people go out and get this book. I, a lot of times when I read stuff, I don't tell you to go get something unless I've read it and I believe it. Go get this book. Not only just for the book itself. Jay Moore always says, I put my name on it. Okay, put my name <laughs> on it. The bibliography in the back, mm-hmm. just all this. Get that information, those resources. She gives you great resources in terms of finding those people. Like I said, we talked about the East-West players. Um, the Latino organization have those great actors. Go get that because that is tools in your arsenal to help you make better films. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to shout out a movie, I will go and word of mouth because I think really word of mouth is going to be what sells movies in the future. Great. You know, I Great. don't care how big your budget is. Yeah. That's, that's how we got our podcast. You see, I hardly tweet, I tweet it and I put it on Facebook, and everybody else is letting people know about the show. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, people are out there. If you give them good content, people tune in. Get the book, people. <clears throat> if you don't get Nancy's book, I will never speak to you again. <laughs> Where you at, Lisa? <laughs> you can always find me on Twitter. I'm always on the hashtag Sarah Knight Sci-Fi uh, with Geek Soul Brother and all the the nerdy peoples. Um, like I said earlier, I'll be down in Orlando for the International um, Conference on the Fantastic and the Arts, the academic um, conference that happens every year, hanging out with some great, a lot of my sci-fi writer friends who've been nominated for Nebulas this year, so I gotta say hello to my peeps. Mm-hmm. Um, when is that? Uh, that's in two weeks in March? Two weeks from now. Okay, because I'll be up north shooting oh. the weekend of the oh, no, 18th. And, is, uh, that, is it that weekend? Uh, probably, yeah, the 21st, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I'll come back on the 21st. Yeah, yeah, and catch me mm-hmm. over in, um, I will be down at WizCon in May, and then uh, if you happen to be in Helsinki, Finland, in August... <laughs> yeah, we all going there. <laughs> you can come hang out with me as I sit here and try to... We actually eat, have listeners eat up some Eat up some melatonin and try to make sure, because the sun's supposed to be up 24 hours, and we I'm, I'm going to live in it. Finland. I think I'm going to actually be in Comic-Con this summer. Oh, you're going to go to San Diego? Yes. I might you're be on coming? a panel. I might be on a panel. Oh, I've good. been invited. Nothing's been confirmed. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Okay, you're then now I have to go to Comic-Con, because, you know, it's in my hometown. I would love to do... A- panel or something or just like me and you listen let's do look let's do the old school let me know how we gotta get look i'm telling you the spot across the street there's a restaurant Mm -hmm. that i go to and when saturday rolls around i feel like being bothered with people i sit there and i watch all the costumes go through we can set up and do our podcast right there on the spot podcast can Can they hear us oh yeah they can hear us we can go up and talk to people hmm (laughs) 
Last year, last year I took all the photos of all the Asian American cosplayers because oh, I just really? thought it was hilarious. Mm. Yeah, they are. Look, they're amazing. They're when they have look, when they have the ball because that Saturday is when they have the big the big cosplay competition. Mm-hmm. Asian people don't play. <laughs> they be bringing out they will be enacting whole scenes with music dramatic lights I'm like these bitches is gonna win everything they go in you know black people we catching up <laughs> we catching up we catching up but I'm so glad you're going to Comic Con because I think your voice needs to be heard and what you're bringing to the table in terms of not just academics but giving us like I said real tools real resources just thank you Nancy yes, indeed. you're amazing thank you so much thank you're you. amazing thank you and I'm the host I'm your host Hilliard Guest you guys can follow me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. Follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Um, any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Um, please follow us on Facebook. And see, I don't know. <laughs> um, follow us on Facebook. Yes. Uh, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com if you have any questions. And that's about it. All righty. So thank you again, Nancy. Um, for those of you who don't know, a little disclaimer, this is our second time bringing Nancy in. Somehow I lost half of our freaking episodes, so um, you guys still got game regardless. Right? So thank you for coming back. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's why you'll see she'll be wearing one outfit in one picture and then another in another. <laughs> we'll use the same picture from before. Wow. We'll use the same one. I might. We'll see what happens. Mm. Um, so join in with me, everybody. Um, on this show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2017. You know what we say, Nancy. <laughs> Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.